Attention Talking Simpsons listeners, we have a special mini-series just for you. We're going through the entire first season of King of the Hill, and you can only hear it if you're a $5 and up patron at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. We're giving the Talking Simpsons treatment to all 13 episodes of King of the Hill's first season, and if you want a free sample, you'll find the first episode available for free in the Talking Simpsons feed. Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. It's the only place you'll find the first season of Talk King of the Hill. Made you go click, 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 click. It's real easy, man. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy, everybody, and welcome to Talking Simpsons, where there's plenty of Millhouse to go around. I'm your host, North Killtown's own Bob Mackie, and this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons. Who else is here with me today? Shut up! I'm Henry Gilbert. Hello! And who is our special guest in the studio? I'm Callie Plaguey. I have an achievable chest. Ooh. <laughs> and today's episode is Lard of the Dance. Look, Dad, they've got every kind of paper. Loose leaf, graph, unlined... <gasps> College rules. Can't you just write on your arm like I do? And today's episode aired on August 23rd, 1998, a rare summer episode. And as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real world history. <gasps> oh my god! Oh boy, Bobby! That 70s show debuted, bolstered by this new Simpsons that aired right before it. Blade ice skates uphill to number one at the box office, and Pearl Jam's Do the Evolutions freaky animated music video debuts on 120 minutes on MTV. Yeah, so this episode was a special event to launch that 70s show on mm. on Fox, and uh, what a show! I think it was a secret <laughs> psyop by Scientology, in my opinion. <laughs> it definitely paid for a lot of Scientology uh, buildings. I think the uh, I liked it when it debuted. It's now just like a goofy. The weirdest thing to me on the show isn't even all the Scientologists. It's that after all that, Ashton Kutcher ended up with Mila Kunis. Like, and they're they're still together. Wait, oh, really? I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah. Henry's Ash- reading Star Snoop again. Well. They were just in the news the other day because they made some weird video uh, responding to rumors that they had broken up, and they were joking with each other, like, oh, did you read we're broken up? Oh, man, I guess I get the kids, huh? And they just are joking about it, but yeah. Weird. Yeah, Ashton, he dated around. Uh, he was married for a time to Demi Moore, uh, but they got divorced about 10 years ago. The, and then eventually he ended up with Mila after she left uh, some other famous jerk. And, <laughs> they, uh, and they've been together ever since. They have kids and stuff. It's, uh, it's crazy, actually, yeah. Wow, I do not pay a lot of attention to that. My favorite thing about that show is that all the episode titles are Zeppelin-themed. Oh, oh I didn't right. know that. Yeah. Wow, yeah. interesting. They're and it, all Zeppelin songs. I like that it starts in, like, 1975, and it takes, like, t- <laughs> 10 years to get to 1980. I mean, didn't Happy Days last for 13 seasons? Yeah. Yeah. So. My favorite thing about or on High School Host Club, the manga will always joke about, like, ignore how many springs we've had, but a new <laughs> spring is happening. Don't think about how no one's graduated. Well, Fox did make that 80s show, and it did not last. It no. happened around, like, 2001, I think. I think, yeah, yeah. But it didn't really stick around for that long. And now we don't have that 90s show. Wait, I think there are a number of streaming shows that are just that 90s show. I mean, oh, yeah. Oh, uh, the Pen 15 yeah. Club? Yeah, Pen 15, yeah. yeah. 
there are definitely shows that just take place then, or like there's tons of shows set in the 80s, like not just like Freaks and Geeks or the Goldbergs, that show also. Like I just heard a story on a podcast about how on the Goldbergs, for some plot point, they needed a mint inbox Castle Grayskull toy, <laughs> and they spent like $6,000 to get it as a prop for it, just to buy one on eBay. Oh, that's right, the Goldbergs is an 80s show. Mm. But uh, also, we talked about uh, Blade in the intro here, right? Yeah. The, uh, so it was a weird time in the world where it was a crazy idea to make a comic book movie that wasn't Batman, <laughs> and let alone like a very obscure character, too. Blade is very obscure. I didn't yeah. know Blade was a comic book character until Wizard Magazine told me. Like, um, <laughs> I never saw Blade in anything, but this is a really good movie. I didn't see yeah. two or three. I heard those are not so great. Yeah, they're not so great. I mean, uh, Wesley Snipes is a weirdo, too, so there is that. But, I mean, he is a movie star. Like, he has movie, he has superstar appeal to him. He has so many great one-liners in that first played movie. Like, the, the one I quoted there was, some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. And then right after he says that, he kicks a dart into a dude's head that makes him explode. Like, it's, it's really fun. And they go... Hardcore on R-rated. Like, everybody talked about how, like, oh, Logan and Deadpool, wow, it's R-rated. Like, Blade did that 20 years almost ahead of them. Yeah, it was funny that uh, before the wave of Marvel movies and X-Men movies, there were, like, basically two summers in a row that were big uh, superhero movies with black characters. Spawn and this. Yeah. And those were the comic book movies that we had. Well, that shows you, I think, that how fallow comics were at the time, that they're just like, let's try this weird stuff. I mean, Marvel 2 was just, in 98, they were desperate. They were in bankruptcy. So if New Line Cinema wanted to just make a Blade film, they sold it as fast as they could to get it made. And then you had to wait 20 years for Black Panther. Yeah, yeah. For for, for Marvel to finally have the guts to try a black superhero film of their own. Yeah. So long after Blade. Yeah. Oh, what was the other? Oh, Pearl Jam. Oh, yeah. The Pearl Jam do the evolution video. It's it's a creepy video. I just watched it again. It's like, oh, this. Is that that like? uh, Is there a special artist behind that? Is that like uh, uh, Todd McFarlane? It's Todd McFarlane, Kevin Altieri. It's it's the Spawn animated team doing uh, an animated video, and it's. uh, I mean, it's about the uh, march to death and destruction of modern society, pretty much, and uh, it has like very uh, fascistic overtones too. I don't mean that it's like. Pro-fascism. I mean that it's making yeah. a point that that is the direction of a, of the world. I think, but it's uh, look it up. It's uh, debuting on 120 minutes is like the perfect place for that kind of music video. Mm-hmm. I just remember it freaked me out. So this is officially the start of season 10 of The Simpsons. We're here. Mm-hmm. We're in season 10. Although internally, I think they considered the next episode that would air on the traditional season premiere uh, area that would be their internal season 10 beginning. That's when they had their premiere party. Mm-hmm. That's like I think even TV. I was like, it's the premiere of the show, but this is like <laughs> one of three special summer episodes that they aired. Uh, we'll talk about it next week, but they were this one. They were uh, Brother, Can You Spare Two Dimes? And also Blood Feud. Just yeah. like occasionally they would try to run an episode in the summer to be like, do people watch TV in the summertime? <laughs> well, this big, get bigger episodes yeah. or not, this first one episode. But uh, but also, yes, we're welcoming back Callie. Yay. Yes. Thank you for having me back. Man, how long has it been? We just had the, it was the Yakuza episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy, that was uh, quite, a, I mean, we're recording at the same time, but it's like blindingly light outside instead of <laughs> pitch black outside. So it's so, been a season or two. Yeah, it's yeah. been a little while. Yeah, we finally, we're in a, a season where I was like old enough to be watching the show. <laughs> so we made it. Yeah, actually, how close in age were you to Lisa when this episode came out? We're pretty close. She was like really my idol. Wow. Yeah. wow. And this yeah. is quite a Lisa episode. Mm-hmm. Like 
with King of the Hill, we just did an entire mini-series about the first season called Talking of the Hill on our Patreon. This episode, uh, like that series, is all about anxiety over millennials. Like, <laughs> the millennials are be slowly becoming teens and adults, and like, what will we do with, with these millennials? They're getting phones, they're interested in boys. It's very scary for these parents right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, from my perspective, it was very much like, I was so Lisa. Like, I really didn't want to, like, wear makeup or have, you know, talk on the phone. I went as far as AIM when that came about a couple <laughs> mm. of years later. And, like, I yeah, so, I don't know. She she spoke to me throughout all of those years, Lisa, for sure. Lisa's in an interesting spot in this episode because, like, in some scenes, she's like, I just want to be a kid. In other scenes, she's like, you guys are growing up too fast, but mm-hmm. she realizes that from a overly mature place. Uh, other, She comes off as, like, the previous generation of kids mm-hmm. watching uh, these kids grow up now and thinking, like, you kids, kids need to slow down. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, the fact that she's organizing the school dance, like, she's mature enough to take that on, mm-hmm. but can't handle the social pressures of the like you say millennials <laughs> like that's the kind of kid i was though like i would have been like i'm volunteered to do this task principal mm-hmm. <laughs> i will do it but also i don't know how to talk to people my own age uh, so it's like both realistic and also a, a perfect way to do the commentary i like how they basically have to craft a friend group for lisa in this episode <laughs> because she normally doesn't have friends so uh <laughs> allison taylor from lisa's rival normally never voice gets a few rare lines in this episode like yeah. someone uh, Ma- probably maggie was while doing a renona rider impersonation or something yeah. or whatever happening there it sounds a little like pamela hayden <laughs> yeah, i think it's pamela me, hayden think, yeah yeah oh but yeah about season 10 even though it is a continuation of the mike scully year it is second year it is a year of major transition for the simpsons too because not only is there the tragic loss of phil hartman that completely changes like their ability to ever do jokes with two of their funniest characters ever uh but on top of that in months into it futurama will debut mm-hmm, yeah. and it did make simpsons a little less special mm-hmm. because it was concurrent with another Mac Groening show that looked the same and had similar jokes and it also felt like a large number of their great writers from Simpsons left for Futurama. Also that split Mac Groening's attention too and we already have been saying a ton of times on the show like would Mac Groening have let this through or would Mac Groening have let that through? I don't think there's anything on this one that made me go like would Mac Groening approve of that? But Yeah, uh, I think a lot of people mistakenly assume that he just rubber stamped things or just collected money but he was always there like looking over everything uh, like sitting in the writer's room making sure like he was the mm-hmm. safeguard that made sure a lot of like homophobic jokes and sexist jokes did not get through like he made the mm-hmm. show a little more timeless ableist too like yeah. they, I've said it a million times but you found that th- uh, that his noted storyboards where he said like guys don't do this joke unless it's going to be specifically a reference to the film Elephant Man don't just make it the joke about her this person's date is ugly and mm-hmm. then he called himself like sorry PC Max yeah. like yeah I think I was sharing those when the problem with the poo came out saying no they were always worried about this stuff yeah yeah uh and also an interesting thing in season 10's production is that it's famously the year the voice cast got a big big raise uh, uh but so, not quite as big as it eventually would become and i will say no. up front they deserve all that money yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's uh, even though disney will replace all of them in the next uh let's say 15 to 20 years <laughs> well, i mean father time will do that yeah yeah like it's uh it's a sad fact but uh, <laughs> but yes the uh, you know, they've been operating on similar pay scale, I think, since season one, maybe a little higher slightly, but they were getting like 30000 an episode, which, hey, 
I would never turn down 30000 an episode right now to do voices. But when you're the stars of a billion-dollar cartoon show, that's pretty cheap, you know? Yeah. So they uh, were able to up their pay then in 1998 to $125,000 uh, per episode. a huge jump. And uh, they, they moved it up quite a bit more the next time they had their conversation on about it. Yeah. And I think they were even auditioning, they being Fox, not the producers of the show, auditioning new voices to scare them. Yeah. To say, we oh, yeah. can replace you. So I don't know who those people were, but there were uh, potential scabs <laughs> willing to sit in for Homer and the rest of the gang. But I think ultimately for Fox, it would have cost too much to replace every voice because think of all the voices that Hank Azaria does mm-hmm. and think of all the voices that Harry Shearer does. I think they were just too cheap to replace people. Yeah. I think I remember reading more. Maurice LaMarche said in some interview, he's like, "You're right, yeah." I knew that they were looking for recasting, and I said they uh, they I wouldn't do it because Maurice LaMarche could probably handle a lot of the roles on the show, and I I really like his solidarity with his fellow voice actors like that. Yeah, yeah. we'll get I guess we'll get into this a little more in Homer to the Max, which explicitly references yeah. this situation, <laughs> and no one can tell the deadly difference. <laughs> and uh, the last bit of major change I think this season is that. Uh, Al Jean returns to the writer's room uh, of The Simpsons. He's sneaking his way back in. With uh, with mom and pop art, that'll be his one is just a writer. And within three years, he'll be back on uh, as super showrunner, super showrunner. I mean, he's had the job for 20, wait, how many years now? 20? Uh, boy, from 13 to now, 17, Oh, 18? 17, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 18 to 18. going into 31, yeah, it, which is crazy. And then two years before that, he also had it, so... This is his 20th year of show running right now. Wow. But yeah, so that's the season 10 is ahead of us. It's also a shorter season than uh, all the last ones, I think. So like 22 instead of 26. 22 instead of 26. I think it is that Fox finally realized, like, you know, we got enough to syndicate. We don't need to a big extra push for like three extra per season anymore. We got this Family Guy show. It's way cheaper than you coming <laughs> yeah. out, so don't worry. I wonder if that's in the back of their mind. I think so. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. so. I think mm-hmm. internally they were saying like, we always were told this show is way cheaper than yours. It's way easier to produce. People seem to like it more. <laughs> <laughs> but we won't get into the Family Guy Simpsons war till, till that day arrives. Yeah. It's a Super Bowl premiere. It's halfway through this season, right? 1999. Yes, yeah. Wow, so Futurama is, has already happened. Was it 98 or 99? I should know no, this. No, it was March 99. 99, Remember, right, because yes. the fourth episode aired on Columbine. Columbine. Bam. Yes, yeah, yeah, okay. So <laughs> I just I, we, I produced the entire series. I should remember one date, but yeah, it was 99. <laughs> it was a lot of podcasts ago we did talk yeah. about Yeah, there's a lot going on there. That's probably 300 podcasts ago for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also, new writer alert this time, right? Oh, uh, yeah, Jane O'Brien, and guess mm-hmm. who she's related to? Mm-hmm. I'll give you one guess. He's got red hair. It's very tall. Conan O'Brien? Yes, that's that's her, yeah, all right. And uh, yes. Henry, you've done some uh, digging on her, right? Oh, yeah. She's, Henry's uh, got the dirt on Jane O'Brien. O'Brien. <laughs> she's uh, she's a really interesting character, Jane O'Brien. I mean, yeah, so she is one of uh, Conan O'Brien's sisters, though not another sister of his was a co-star in the film The Fighter with um, Christian Bale and Mark Wahlberg, that movie. Oh. The, yeah, they well, because in that movie, they wanted like people who look like real Irish Catholic Bostoners, and his sister really looks I like that. Bet. So. If I know what Conan looks like, yeah. she probably is not much different. Yeah, I can imagine. Conan has joked that she looks like him in a wig. To, uh, I've seen like, a clone so. up close. We both have. He's very <laughs> yes. Irish. Oh yes, he's one hundred percent Irish. Like uh, twenty three and me said it. But uh, but so yes, his sister Jane O'Brien. Uh, she also got into the comedy biz like him. She had worked in some writing staffs and uh, writing workshops. Also was around the improv community of L.A. with the Groundlings and all that in the. 
sixth season, I believe it was. She or in the David Merkin seasons, she worked as an assistant to the writers, meaning like a lunch getter, even a person yeah. who just helps around the office. And they would often transcribe things before that mm-hmm. was easier to do. Yeah, we uh, we heard a lot of insight on that from our guest Kate Raft in her episode. She as she is a former Simpsons pro- assistant to production as well. I don't know the official title, yeah. but, <laughs> uh, but so Jane was working in there while also honing her writing skills and then in i believe in the eighth and ninth season she has like associate producer credits or like she's she's in the writer's room but in a more junior position and this is her only writing credit on the show this one which uh came from you know her and mike scully talking about oh you know girls today it feels like they're pushed to grow up too fast or well what do you think of that and so and when scully was coming at that from a father of five girls so he was seeing it from that angle and i think his girls are around lisa's age at this point in time maybe a little Mm -hmm. bit older than that Mm -hmm. and uh, so jane o'brien she wrote this episode uh and then this was her only episode she was a story editor for production season nine as well too after this episode she would leave the show she didn't do season 10 and she would work in the writing staff of futurama though she didn't have a credited uh episode she wrote but she was still on the staff of the show for the first couple seasons okay And uh, after Futurama, I honestly don't know what happened to Jane to a degree uh, because she on IMDb, she has one other credit of some like BBC game show. Like that's her only other credit for a produced show. In 2007, she there was a news story that she had been hired to write a screenplay adaptation of uh, some book I'd never heard of. Mm. Uh, but that film has not been produced since that article was written. She does seem like she's, uh, you know, balancing career and family. She talks about she's having her second kid yeah. while they're doing the commentary for this. Well, like, not during the commentary. Well, you know, no. uh, on the commentary, she said my kid is due in April, which would be April 2007. So her kid is now 12 years old. Ooh. So old enough to hear the commentary <laughs> about his birth. <laughs> Whoa. She has such a funny joke on there. It's like, do you want to say anything to your kid for posterity? She's like, please stop kicking me. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like she maybe just got out of the Hollywood world or is like working on it less after her time at Futurama. I mean, we talked about Algene. Mike Reese left Hollywood after The Critic. Yeah. And after actually after his Simpsons episodes with Algene, when he came back to do a few more after that, Mm -hmm. he was not a TV writer officially, like Mm -hmm. like regular on a staff. Hollywood's not for everybody. And he had a lot of money, too. (laughs) (laughs) That'll do it, too. Uh, And uh, also, this starred Jane O'Brien's friend, Lisa Kudrow. (laughs) So I guess not the only friend to be on The Simpsons, but Matthew Perry was on it for one line in, uh, I think, a few years in a Halloween special. Yeah, I had thought it was she was the only Friends cast member, but... Matthew Perry basically like called in. If you you played the clip for me, I was like, this is over the phone. This is yeah, but she's the I, I'm gonna say right here the best friend. I'm not even Lisa, a friend's yeah, fan. Oh yeah, she's I my think, favorite. Yeah, yeah. I'd I, watch her in anything. No offense to the rest of the cast. I think the rest of the cast is is all good in their own ways of, of mm-hmm. friends. But Lisa Kudrow is my favorite too. I think. Yeah, I really like her. I've liked her in other things that I've seen her in too. Courtney Cox is really great too. Like uh, I watched a few episodes of Cougar Town. I was like, man, she's still really good. Okay. I watched quite a bit of cougar town actually and i liked her in it <laughs> i followed it for, well she also had a good 
guest stint on Scrubs right around mm-hmm. Cougar Town because like the productions were happening at the same time. I think even the writers hated that name for the show. Cougar Town. Because oh, the yeah. name is very stupid, but it was critically acclaimed, but a lot yeah. of people would not watch it because of the name Cougar Town. Yeah. yeah, it's like an embarrassing thing to say you watch. But I yeah. did watch quite a bit of it. It that has its emotional moments. Yeah, but Lisa Kudrow's great. I had a I had a similar situation to that with the show Crazy Ex Girlfriend because I've heard that yeah. from people. It's yeah. a, it's actually a really great show full of musical moments. It is a very feminist show by two women showrunners and it's also like really intersectionalist and everything like that but when you tell people like crazy ex-girlfriend's great they're like oh the title (laughs) like woof yeah yeah yeah. oh but yeah Kudrow so funny like there's more than a little of Michelle Weinberger in this too in the character of Alex like she's playing a lot of her Romy and Michelle character oh yeah you're right it's weird that David Merkin did not get her on the show because he would direct Romy Michelle's high school reunion I I mean Kudrow she's just ready to have fun she guest stars in so many things she's so also Bob hasn't seen Bojack yet but her guest in on Bojack is so good begin the Bojack shaming of Bob Mackie (laughs) oh man Bojack is heavy Mm -hmm. good luck with that (laughs) that's why everybody thinks Bob would like it because like come on it's depressing go back in time a few years call me when I'm depressed I'll watch it then I'm happy now (laughs) I don't want to be reminded of what being depressed is like and a horse I watched it when depressed and yeah it it goes it's a good pairing when I'm depressed again I'll put it on my queue and then when you're in a happy couple, you need to watch the other show from the co-creator of BoJack, the Toucan Birdie. Like, that's just a fun show. Like, well, not just fun, but mm. it, it's got some heavy stuff, too. But it's not about, like, you know, wallowing in depression like uh, BoJack is, <laughs> yeah. I think. And uh, also, I, The Comeback, what a funny show. And that's, like, her show. Like, mm-hmm. she's, like, an executive producer on it, too. It's just such a... It's one of the best mockumentary TV shows I've ever seen. Like, she's so funny. And her... One of my favorite characters on it is her just intentionally boring and uninteresting husband played by Stu the bus driver from uh, Pete and Pete. He's oh, really? so good in it. That's right. He's yeah. on that. Yeah. Were the uh, Friends on Friends making a million per episode yet? Was it a million? Was that the... Was it two million? I don't million? think they got up to a million yet. But yeah. they, they, not unlike the Simpsons actors, they had solidarity as a group and they com- uh, they negotiated together to get everybody a raise. Like, how can you act together on a show where you're all supposed to be equals if you know that like one of you guys is making more than everybody else that's mm-hmm. uh that's just dangerous yeah uh, but yeah lisa kudrow so funny i i think kudrow is how you're supposed to say it like oh, that. really I, may i could be wrong but i've heard on other podcasts people say it with like such intentionality i'm like eh, that sounds right <laughs> Wait, who plays Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Sarah Michelle Gellar? Gellar. Gellar? That's Gellar. Um, yeah, apparently officially, but you know what? Screw that. <laughs> oh, that's like uh, Chrissy, T- everyone says Tegan, but it's Tegan. yeah. It is. It's, yeah. it's super German, right? I am learning so much here. Yeah, or yeah. like my name, everyone says Plague, but it's not. That's why I made sure to ask you before I said it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, yeah, so this episode, I, I'm glad we have you back too, Callie, because like me and Bob don't know uh, really about navigating the world of female friendship. And mm-hmm. so that's a lot of what this episode is about. I think it's tough in shows like this where they always have to, women just can't be friends in so many oh, shows. Yeah. Like, I mean, famously, every female character on the show has no friends. Marge has no friends. Lisa, yeah. friends are invented for her for this one episode <laughs> that normally don't hang out with her. Yeah. I mean, like, girl, I didn't have any friends. Like, I didn't have, like, <laughs> proper female, like, all of my friends were boys, mm. which is, like, such a cliche thing to say, especially for someone who works in games. But the, the way that Alex treats Lisa in the episode is so much like the way my quote unquote friends would treat me like mm-hmm. oh you could wear you could totally wear this if you lost five pounds or like <laughs> so like i 
I have one friend. I am still self-conscious about my legs because I had a friend in high school who told me I was afraid to wear shorts and then I saw you do it and I felt way better. Oh my Ooh, god. Man. So, uh, burn. so it is a very realistic thing. It's it's one of those things it's like it's it's definitely a manufactured issue, but it still affects a lot of of girls and women and and pretty much all of the women I know who now work in the video game industry have said, you know, like I really didn't have female friends until I started working mm. in this industry and found a bunch of other women who never had female friends. Wow. And I, yeah, I don't think the commentary on this show, though, uh, and you're not saying this, obviously, but right. the commentary on the show is not like women are catty and bad to each other. Right. But uh, would you say like you feel like women are socialized to be negative towards each other? Like, where, where do you think it comes from? The difficulties of those kind of friendships? Yeah, I think like a lot of it, like wearing makeup, the perfume, the getting days for the dance, that kind of element is very much like uh, your value being staked upon how men see you or boys see you. Your popularity is like, oh, she's the prettiest. Mm. She's more popular. So the girls with like, like me, like I have an ugly name. So like nobody liked me is how Aww. I felt. But like the girls who had like really cute names and who like did cute activities like dance, whereas I was like, I want to play baseball. I don't want to play softball. Like I was one of those. Those girls were the ones who were really liked, especially in middle school. Like I think mm. high school people kind of grow out of that a little bit. But I think it's, yeah, the uh, where is your value as a woman? It's often in your desirability. Um, and then also the just every movie you see is women not supporting yeah. each other. You know, like <laughs> even if it's not intended to be that way, you're just that's why the Bechtel test was a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's a very, you know, it's a limited, it was just to prove a point, the Bechtel test. But like <laughs> the fact that like women don't really communicate with, with each other or compete with each other for male attention in a lot of media, I think is is uh, a really easy way to create that kind of discord in real life mm. uh, dynamics. At least that's how I interpret it. I know it's different for everybody, but... Well, and The Simpsons isn't known for, you know, its uh, <laughs> viewpoints on women or like having a lot of female views in the room, too. Mm. So that's... I think I'm, I was really happy to know this, uh, that a woman wrote this one, at least. Mm-hmm. Like, though, she still isn't kind of a... She even jokes about on the commentary, like, oh, I wasn't there for that rewrite, or I wasn't around... Like, she moved <laughs> on from the job at that point mm-hmm. so when they keep asking her like oh did you write that she's like i was gone when that got added mm-hmm. uh but though i mean that's she needed to be in that futurama writer's room that's where she went to mm-hmm. i think yeah but that was also all men yes yes <laughs> and the uh, al gore's daughter she joined Kristen like gore? season two or three or something oh, okay I yeah was. i don't think she was a season one or i don't think so either yeah. you're right uh, though i wonder if jane you know with the harvard mafia on the show i couldn't find out if she went to harvard or not oh if conan right. did i think she just got in <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she's very talented, by the way, but it feels oh, like yeah, uh, legacy. The O'Briens are getting into Harvard. <laughs> uh, she's. Uh, I'd like to hear more from her about her career, but it feels like she's. I don't know. Well, off the grid. Off the grid. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't think she has a Twitter either. It didn't come up in my uh, search for her <laughs> information about her online. <laughs> The Simpsons will be right back. Stop planning your emu farm and welcome to the break. It's Henry here. And first off, I want to thank our special guest, Callie, for coming on back and giving us insight into this episode. She's super cool and you should follow her on Twitter and check out all her stuff at GameSpot. And if you're a fan of this podcast, boy, do I have some news for you. Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. That is the way to subscribe to the Talking Simpsons Network and help out me and Bob. We do this full time thanks to the generous donations of folks just like you. But it's not just about you. 
generosity, you get a ton of stuff for your subscription as well. It's a smorgasbord of content, starting with, you'll get every episode of Talking Simpsons a week at a time and ad-free. If you signed up right now, you could hear the Wizard of Evergreen Terrace right now. It'd be available to you right now. And the same goes for our sister podcast, What a Cartoon. If you don't know, me and Bob do a second weekly podcast where we cover a different animated series each week and deconstruct an episode in the Talking Simpsons style. I think you'll love it. And if you signed up at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons, you get every episode of that a week ahead of time and ad-free. Plus, you get access to our many Patreon-exclusive miniseries where me and Bob give the Talking Simpsons treatment to the entire series of The Critic, the first season of Futurama, and the first season of King of the Hill. You can only hear those if you're a $5 and up patron at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. Plus, there's tons of exclusive Simpsons interviews, too, with folks who have been working on the show, in some cases as early as the first Shorts on Tracy Ullman. You will hear all that if you sign up at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. Who needs uh, one last big score of Grease when you can get a big score of Patreon podcast content for just $10 a month? If you go to the $10 and up level at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons, you'll not only get all the stuff mentioned in the $5 list, you'll also get access to our monthly super premium What a Cartoon Movie podcast where me and Bob talk for up to four hours about a different animated feature film each month this month. If you sign up, you'll get to hear our Beavis and Butthead Do America podcast, where we cover the moronic duo's feature film debut. And you'll get access to over 24 hours of What a Cartoon Movie podcast that only $10 and up people can hear. Those films are Batman Mask of the Phantasm, Akira, a goofy movie, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Aladdin, and Tiny Toons, How I Spent My Vacation. And you can only hear those if you're a $10 and up patron at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. Please Check it out today. Also, though, this episode, it does feel to like the typical Scully years thing of if we have a Lisa story or a Marge story, we got to have something gross Some to go with disgusting Homer story. <laughs> something yep. truly gross and zany. And that that is what we get with the grease. Boy, oh boy, do we Ugh. get it. Woof. Yeah, the, the end of this episode uh, <laughs> so, made me a little queasy, I got to so say. <laughs> I was uh, eating, too, when I was uh, watching it. Yeah, no, you can't eat watching this episode. I made a mistake. Uh, but this episode begins with a little back-to-schooliosis. <laughs> Christy, speak and say. S is for Shiksa. S-H-I. I think there's a T in there somewhere. <laughs> ah, look it up. Lisa, stay cool, Millie. <laughs> oh, hi, Lisa. Did you have a nice summer? Don't you hate that we have to go back to stupid school tomorrow? I like school. Me too. We have so much in common. You have a pen glued to your cowlick. If you don't like <laughs> it, it's gone. Uh, oh. uh, you want this? No. When was the last time that we saw Millhouse in love with Lisa? Was it uh, Day with Density? I think in this it might season? be de- Density in the series, yeah. which yeah. was uh, technically last season. 
Yeah, in the Lord of the Flies one, they're around each other, but they don't do anything about a dumb crush he has on her. Same with Lisa the Simpson, nothing there either. So yeah, I think this is the them picking back up that storyline, which totally fits with the nerds on the show yeah. writing it to mm-hmm. like just all funneling their uh, stupid crushes into one character. It falls in with that line of him saying to himself, if you do anything she says, uh, she's bound to respect you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The wanting to look cool and taking your glasses off thing, I have tried that. That, uh, and it's uh, you're just blind, like or at least for me. Like I, I have, I had that uh, not in a trying to look cool thing, but uh, the last time I went to Disneyland if, uh, in the last month, when I rode Space Mountain, I just take my glasses off for it because I'm worried they're going to fly off. And once I, I'm already disoriented, once I get off of it, I'm like, this isn't lit well. Like bump, bump into this. <laughs> like it, uh, I, I can only ride Space Mountain once per oh, trip boy. to Disneyland. I think I did it six times on my last Jesus trip. Jesus Christ, I love Space Mountain. I, I'm nearsighted and I. I can I can do okay without my glasses. Like if I'm going on camera, I'll take my glasses off because mm. I don't like the reflectiveness of like studio lights and stuff yeah, on my glasses. Yeah. Unless I'm really trying to do like a Megane anime character kind of, <laughs> kind of deal. But I always end up like I was on a stream today and I had to read Mario Maker codes. Oh no! We were doing. It's we... like a vision, like a live vision test. I know. I was like, why? Second line, please. Two. <laughs> Which was question a... mark? Yeah. So Smiley I... face. Not necessarily to look cool, but <laughs> I, I get that feel. These are some good, like, observational back to school stuff about, like, college ruled paper and. Yeah. Uh, as a like an anal retentive kid, uh, I love back to school shopping because like all my things are fresh and new, and all my notebooks are new, and they smell nice, and everything uh, will be perfect for like a week at least. The <laughs> most Cali story I can tell you is in third grade. I was so excited because on the like back to school shopping list was like a binder and like five divider tabs, and oh. I like pre-organized my binder with like math, science, you know, (laughs) language, you know, like spelling or whatever, whatever I thought the subjects were going to be. And I was like ready on the first day. And on the first day, the teacher was like, okay, like we're going to organize our binders. The first tab needs to be this. And like all of my tabs were wrong and I had a panic attack. Oh God. Oh man. (laughs) And he uh, had to call my parents because I had a panic attack on the first day uh, because my binder was wrong. That is the most Cali (laughs) thing that's ever happened. Um, But so that's, just to illustrate why I relate to Lisa so much, when she's like college ruled, I'm like, yes, girl. <laughs> Wait to uh, escalate to that level. Yeah. When when I first got college ruled in elementary school, I didn't like it. I was like, this is too tight. Well, I have bad handwriting anyway, and so. But once I got used to it. Whenever I go back, I'd see wide ruled paper in like middle school. I was like, "What am I, a baby? Come <laughs> on!" With like the giant dotted blue line in the center of the two big pink lines. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I, what I loved was getting like the coolest pens and pencils. Like, mom, these ones are made mm. out of recycled blue jeans. Oh, I loved my <laughs> those blue jean cool. pencils. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Though eventually, I just switched to mechanical. Like those are my mm. new school days. I pencils. Uh, I was drawing a picture with those once, and the lead snapped off and flew into my eye. <laughs> and, uh, oh. Boy. I, I almost had a panic attack. My grandma got it out with a Q-tip, but it was terrifying. So oh, my God. I, oh, my God. I could never even touch them again after that oh happened. Wow. Just like, I didn't know I was that pressing stuff. down, and it popped up completely and just perfectly landed right in my eye. Oh, yeah. That's oh. horrific. Yeah, sorry to gross anybody out with eye stuff. There's more eye trauma coming. Oh, yeah. This this episode, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my eyes are fine. I had no eye damage. I don't wear glasses or contacts. They're coming. I feel you like lucky, coming. mother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, too, when this first aired, I, for my district, I think it was like the 
the weekend or within a week of the first day of school. So seeing it, I was like, oh man, yeah, school. The kid, the kids are going back to school just when I am. Though, yeah. though this was uh, what sophomore year? No, freshman, maybe freshman of high school. I think I, I think uh, I don't know. You're probably a year before me then, Henry. I'm guessing because I was mm. 2000. You're 2000. Uh, oh, I'm 2001. Yeah, so, this yeah. would be my junior year. Okay, so sophomore for me. Then. Yeah. Okay. I'm At this sure. point in my life, I did not like school and mm. I missed a lot of school, so I was not excited about having a reminder that school's approaching <laughs> fast. I was Lisa. I was like, I like school. <laughs> I mean, I was dreading the start of my freshman year. By sophomore year, I was like, okay, I understand the prison of high school better now. Mm. Like so. Yeah. By yeah. senior year, I, I was not showing up. So I eventually, uh, yeah. I eventually turned into Bart. But for a very <laughs> long time, I was Lisa. <laughs> Until freshman year, I was having the Bart philosophy of school will be fun. And I was friends with everybody in grade school, middle school. It's like, we're all friends and getting together and getting along, right? No. High school. (laughs) No, absolutely not. (laughs) Oh, God. That's not how that works. No. (laughs) And uh, when Homer does the joke about why don't you just write things down on your arm like I do, I thought it was going to be the Lenny equals white, Carl equals black uh, joke. But which, which one is that? that it's actually that one, not no? until season 12, uh, okay. Tale of Two Springfields. Uh, yes. But yeah, I totally forgot red equals meltdown joke, <laughs> which that's funny, but but not as good as Lenny equals white, <laughs> Carl equals black. <laughs> I think Marge is being a little too trusting of Bart saying that uh, those are the correct school supplies. What was it? Paper clips, rubber bands, and staplers? Staplers, staplers. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's done with computers and staplers. <laughs> He's really good at those staplers. Like, uh, oh yeah. I wonder what kids today can bring to the classes. Like, can they all just bring laptops or a tablet that works as a laptop? Like, I mean, if you can afford it. Uh, like, or do they tell you not to because then it would like reveal who can afford laptops or not? I, I yeah. wonder. Do you guys remember Computer Lab? Do you have oh computer yeah, love yeah, Computer yeah. Lab. So like, we had that. I don't know if they do that anymore because like at the end of like towards the end of my school year, you know, K through 12 years, uh-huh. they would like bring a rack of laptops in like Whoa, around. Oh, wow. Um, so they would have like laptop racks that were like enough for one class and then the next class would use them. But I I don't know what they do now, hmm. to be quite honest. I, I think know. my cousin, my little cousin had to get a laptop for school. My my aunt was really mad. <laughs> oh, they, wow. like the aunt had to pay for it. It's like, like well, do you want me to drop two grand on a laptop? <laughs> I think we like just live in computer lab now, so. So before it was like you go to this one room where computers exist and you touch them but now it's just like there's computers everywhere I use a computer to buy my groceries and I use a computer to see what time it is so yeah yeah. Uh, and I'm I'm not in the Jewish community so I don't know how offensive shiksa is or not I I heard it's kind of is an offensive term for it it's for non-Jewish women is the term which I learned from Seinfeld yeah but it's not spelled S-H-I-T as Krusty (laughs) slyly sneaks a shit joke into the show yeah yeah. yeah, it's it's S-H-I-K-S-A yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, it, uh, I learned it because it, in the episode Serenity Now, Elaine keeps meeting Jewish men who are who find her very attractive, and mm. she's basically told she has kind of like a curse, like she is the curse of the shiksa. They call. It. I think again, I'm not part of that community either, but I think it's mainly used to like other uh, the uh, non-Jewish people. Yeah, like think, it just to, yeah. to separate yourself from that. Like, oh, she's dating a shiksa or whatever. I only see it in a negative context. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think like so. Like a too. pejorative. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah, yeah, but yeah. again. I'm speaking out of ignorance and mm-hmm. Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. Uh, yeah, to um, be clear. The part where he rips out his hair and says, if you don't like it, it's gone. It reminds me of on the new uh, Netflix sketch show, I Think You Should Leave. I still need to watch that. that? Uh, the, me too. Oh, God. All right. Well, the first sketch of the whole series is him trying to, he's leaving a job interview and he's he thinks it went really well. And then he 
pulls on the door, but it's a push instead of pull. And the guy's like, you know, I, I think it's you have to push. He's like, no, 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 you can pull it. I, I know you can. And he just keeps pulling and pulling while not breaking eye contact with the guy. And he breaks the door open. He's like, there, see, you can pull it. <laughs> he just leaves it. It just reminds me of the the commitment to like, no, 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 I'm not wrong. Everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's just not working out. Let me, I think you should leave is so goddamn funny. It's my favorite uh, sketch show I've seen in forever. It is like, uh, yeah, not just the creators are great, but they also have tons of great guests who, if you're a sketch fanboy, you you know them. Like one, one of the best sketches in there is with Tim Heidecker playing the um, the new boy. It's, so it's like a party night. Uh, it's an adult party night. Everybody's just hanging out playing games. And he plays the new boyfriend of one of your friends, and he's the worst new boyfriend. And everybody's like, God, this guy he's sucks. So good at playing assholes, Tim <laughs> Heidecker. Yeah, he sure is. Who is actually a nice person. <laughs> <laughs> and the asshole he plays in this is so specific because they're playing a game of, like, guess the celebrity. And he only put in the names of obscure session musicians for jazz. And he's like, <laughs> come on guys, you know, he played for these people. Like uh, it's, it's so funny. I, uh, and it's just six episodes. They fly right by. It's also, I swear one sketch was filmed in that Mexican restaurant. We ate at the last time we were in LA. Oh, too. Los Com- like compadres, El compadre. Yeah. El compadre. Yeah. It looked just like it. It was, uh, and you know, they were filming around LA, but mm-hmm. uh, anyway, that's all off, <laughs> off topic there. Um, so, Scully really likes in his seasons to have scene starts with Homer walking into the quickie mart, like very sitcom. like, how's it going, Apu? And, and like, generally getting information from Apu that will give him an idea for yes, the B-plot, yeah. like Apu informing him of some new thing he wasn't aware of. A helper monkey, yeah. a gun, all these things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the gun. A gun. <laughs> uh, and yes, in this case, Homer learns all about Greece. Yo, Apu, give me the usual. Yes, sir. One quickie dog, one bubblegum cigar, and the latest issue of Success Magazine. (laughs) Hey, this hot dog tastes different. Yes, I just cleaned out the machine, sir. So the snack you are enjoying has not been soaking in putrid grease. Yeah, but without the grease, all you can taste is the hog anus. (laughs) I'm so sorry, but I sold it all to the rendering plant. People buy grease? Oh, yes, they use it to make products such as soap, cosmetics, baby food. Used grease is worth money? <gasps> then my arteries are clogged with yellow gold! I'm rich, Apu! Rich! <laughs> money in the bank. So in the next episode, Homer quits his job. It's implied yeah. here he just doesn't go to work, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they don't care anymore about Homer having a job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They don't care. I, I also like Apu is pretty relaxed about Homer having a heart attack in front of him. <laughs> I think he's seen it before. Yeah, I would think so. He yeah. often does that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure this episode is the reason I didn't eat hot dogs. I haven't uh, had a hot dog mm. in like 20 years. Boy, I I'm still a hot dog fan. I I'm, I I it's more like at a baseball game it'll be mm-hmm. what I'll have. But that's also because I'd rather spend six dollars on a hot dog than fifteen dollars on like chicken tenders. Mm-hmm. Or Veggie whatever. dogs are good. It's basically the same chemicals that give hot dogs their flavor, but not on meats. It's just ah. like here are all the hot dog flavors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> because like, it's all fake anyway. Yeah. Like, yeah, right. I think I you know you hear like the pig anus or like the mm-hmm. there's bugs in it or whatever, and I just like all of that coalesce and I just 
didn't eat hot. I still don't eat hot dogs. I think those hot dog facts are still true. I, yeah. Possibly. <laughs> the hog, I will say the hog anus line in this and other jokes like that made me want hot dogs less once I knew it. But I fell for the hot dog company trick, which is when they advertise them as all beef hot dogs. I'm like, all right, if there's an anus in here, it's at least not from a pig. Okay, <laughs> that's good. That's a tip for you, uh, Vancouverites. I've been spending a lot of time in that city, and I will say the bar slash restaurant, What's Up Hot Dog, oh. is a very good uh, hot dog place. Oh, and right. they have veggie dogs there too and veggie sausages yeah, yeah. I, the thought of one of those hot dog rollers without grease on it like it does make you feel like a clean hot dog it's been a very long time since i've had a 7-eleven hot dog i, I don't say that i don't actually see them at 7-eleven i see taquitos which i think mm, are safer yeah. to just leave on a roller all day mm. Because, and also well, probably less risk of food poisoning. Well, hot dogs are just dead as a popular thing. I mean, like when you walk th- around Manhattan, I was there, you know, a, a little a year ago, year ish. And, you know, you can still get like a hot dog from the carts, but they really are just kebab stands, which I'd rather have kebabs or just halal stuff than a hot dog anyway. If mm-hmm. I'm going to be eating cheap street meats, I'd rather that mm-hmm. the, the exoticness of a kebab. The, well, the L.A. street meats are still on the hot dog circuit. I oh, think. yeah. OK. Hmm. Well, I mean, I think the uh, last episode Cali one was right. Like, nacho penetration has reached 100% in America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't get away from them. Uh, and I actually did work with hot dog rollers at the AMC theater I worked at. Uh, I, uh, and I don't remember ever cleaning a grease trap at that thing ever. But that was above my pay grade. Mm. Yeah, you you, could, I mean, you could have been selling that grease on the side. <laughs> uh, that I'd have been caught. I, <laughs> I did steal. I stole as much as I could from that place, but I couldn't steal grease. Proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> also, on Amazon, you can still buy bubblegum cigars. Like, you can find it, but the packaging looks 100 years old. Oh, like, really? Uh, yeah. I think it's just, you know, you can still go to places that sell old-timey candy that's, like, made for collectors or whatever. So, Collectible yeah. candy. You can buy basically this, like, pink enveloped bubblegum cigar that Homer buys. I here. was just at the Mall of America. Yes, that's what your Patreon dollars are going for. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I was at a candy store there, and they do have uh, many kinds of candy cigarettes, that with the complete with the Indian guy on the cover. Whoa. Yeah, so those are the ones that I bought. Wow. And it, they're not bubblegum. They're like, kind of like chalky pink candy. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I I had cigarette candy cigarettes once. They they f- tasted very wintergreen. The ones I had, they're though. not good. They they didn't have any indigenous people on them though. <laughs> I was I was missing out. Uh, so the recycling grease business is bigger now than ever uh, since this episode aired. I I read a, a really interesting 2018 Popular Science article on uh, the grease business and how it's only grown thanks to the increased use of biodiesel these days. Hmm. So. There's even more demand for it. So nothing to do with food production. It's all uh, things that run on. Oil, yeah, that it's kind mostly of, that. Not yeah. not so much food. They uh, and don't though. If you're weak of stomach, uh, there's some pretty gross details in there about uh, say what happens to the grease you wash down the uh, sink instead of getting rid of correctly, or <laughs> also the uh, that fry industrial fryers like the one at the quit at the Krusty Burger later. Those their grease traps store up to 225 pounds of grease like that is heavier than most people that much grease is in is in one of those machines i mean eventually they make bacon in this uh, i've been a vegetarian for uh i know 15 years now uh, but i forgot that like when you cook meat you have to have like a collection of grease under your sink like a little <laughs> canister of grease and it's, it was always so disgusting when i was growing up like this white congealed mess yeah, I, I don't cook meat at all i really don't eat a lot of meat and that is just a foreign concept to me. <laughs> it's like, really, I was like, I, I literally, before you said that there's a 
grease business currently i thought mm. it was just like a funny they made it up mm. <laughs> man that's uh you know this is another pro vegetarian statement there then that we'd uh, we'd stop polluting with as much grease because it's like uh it creates like blockages in sewers it collects so much like it's called like a greaseberg uh of I- oh. an iceberg of grease oh my god in the sewers from not correctly disposing of grease it's uh it's real dangerous for the environment just in that regard uh also, I agree with him on the commentary. It is crazy that Homer isn't eating that bacon himself. He's frying up bacon to get the grease, but then he just gives it to the dog instead of eating it. It's just he's so that weird. Is, that's off-brand. Yeah. yeah. He does have a one-track mind, though. He's more yeah. focused on getting the grease, not realizing he's throwing away delicious bacon to the dog. So I think maybe that could be part of the joke. Like, Homer should be eating it, but he's too uh, involved in this get-rich-quick scheme to want to try it. Uh, and poor Santa's little helper. Yeah. It's it's Aww. animal abuse. He's just so huge. And then Homer says, do for another squeeze, squeeze in. him. Yeah. Like, oh god! <laughs> oh god! That's probably the grossest thing in the episode. If you think about it, uh, there's uh, you. You don't think about it. That's the <laughs> thing you have to tell yourself. Like, uh, and Marge, Marge is funny in this episode, but they really demand her to be such a mom and there's mm. just not much like her complaining about that was for my bridge game like that is such like a 50s mom complaint yeah, too. yeah. i mean she is dumped on a lot in the next episode so it's yeah. nice to see marge uh be very sweet in this one later on <laughs> yeah I, I do like that she was going to just serve bacon to her bridge <laughs> game maybe like little finger sandwiches <laughs> who knows uh, okay i well, i read that joke just as she was going to just bring out a plate of bacon while they play bridge and be like eat up people <laughs> you'd ruin your cards with all that grease it's true I mean. yeah you can mark your cards with that grease <laughs> <laughs> That's a, oh so maybe marge's plan is to cheat she is a gambling addict as we know oh, that's true yeah. homer prevents bart from going to school which Marge should really not let that happen but he puts bart into the grease business and just bart doesn't go to school which that's a pretty funny gag too that's a whole episode the theme is like bart actually wants to go to school and misses it it's uh it's a clever situation for Bart to be put and in. And he actually mm-hmm. just ends up at school at the end. Yeah, they don't explore yeah. it as much as they could. It's true. Yeah, I mean, like, he was so prepared to go with all his pranks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had go. all the staplers planned out. Like, <laughs> shouldn't I go back to school? <laughs> uh, I'm not the biggest fan of lazy eye jokes, but mm-hmm. I do. They, they also bring up on the commentary that it's the second time in three minutes that they did a joke about a, a visually impaired character smashing into something. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh my god. It's uh, I think they were a little ashamed just of the repetitiveness of it, but uh, while everyone's t- talking about what they did on their summer vacation, Lisa gets a special assignment. Attention please, I need a volunteer for a thankless chore. Shall I assume the only hand in the air is Lisa Simpsons? Thank you, Lisa. We have a new student, Lisa, and I want you to show her the works. The lunchroom, the tree. But when you get to the trophy case, give her some cock and bull story. They're out for cleaning or whatever. Don't worry, I'll help her out. I remember how hard it was to be an outsider, always trying to fit in, never quite feeling like... Lisa, I'd like you to meet Alex Whitney. Your name's Lisa? Shut up! I love that name! Did she just tell me to shut up? Take it outside. (laughs) I think there is also some higher concept thing going on here where Lisa, in terms of like how she is uh, dressed, she's a character like outside of this time period, mm-hmm. not even from the 80s, like from the 50s or 60s, like a little girl in a dress with pearls, and she's encountering a, like a girl from the 90s yeah. and not knowing how to really interface with her. It, it's not been too long since she was made uncomfortable with uh, John Waters' character going like, pearls on a little girl, it's a fairy tale. She's like, hey. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a running gag in this episode that Skinner simply doesn't hear Lisa's words. Like mm-hmm. he just does not listen to her and just misses her statements. And it starts with her like heartfelt talking about her problems at school. And Skinner's like, yeah, I want you to meet this girl. <laughs> like just cuts yeah. her off. Yeah. I mean, that's a very Lisa situation to be in though. Mm-hmm. Like just speaking reason or speaking uh, to a true emotion and people just not <laughs> mm-hmm. registering yeah. it at all. And also, yeah, her... Her volunteering for it actually makes her the worst to show somebody around school because it means she's actually the nerdiest and mm-hmm. can't can't really introduce this new kid to uh, the realities of Springfield Elementary. Yeah, and I also like that she frames that frames it as like she was an outcast in the past instead no. of like currently. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, she has not got stopped being an outcast. Yeah, like she's they, like literally her all of her friends like you're, you're not her friends. <laughs> what? Uh, and this, yeah, this is the first of many women with her line about Lisa I love that name like that such a clever little gag there they go a little harder on the second reference that comes yeah. right after this one that almost felt like come on you guys had one good wink you don't have to do two winks so close together but yeah when she just shows up it totally is just like you you know instantly what Alex's deal is like she is a mature eight-year-old like also just feels very like LA style kid too of the growing up too fast or being too plugged in kind of thing. She's the kid of the like Range Rover mom. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she could be the sister of uh, oh. no, that's Caitlin. Yeah, is the Caitlin. sister of yeah. Uh, Gavin. Gavin. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I also just love her saying "shut up," which is just it's a normal thing. And Lisa's like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> did she just tell me to shut up? That would have been me, 100%. Yeah. I also didn't understand sarcasm. Uh, I really like, just Lisa is just my absolute hero. <laughs> it's a She's danger. very sincere, yeah. yeah. And it's dangerous to be too trusting of a kid in school who doesn't know sarcasm. Like, you mm. get you get tricked a lot, as, as I learned. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Lisa then starts showing around her new buddy. Is that perfume? Oh, <laughs> don't be such a Phoebe. <laughs> it's Pretension by Calvin Klein. Want to try some? <laughs> Mm-mm. Okay, so what's the haps in Springfield? What do you guys like do for fun? Well, you'll definitely want to get yourself a good doll. The new Malibu Stacy has an achievable chest. Dolls, really? Okay, what else you got? Oh, jacks. Jacks are big. They went out for a while, but then they came roaring back. <laughs> uh huh. You mean that game with the little rubber ball? Oh, don't worry. You'll pick it up fast. Once you get to fourzies, you're in the zone. <laughs> uh huh. Isn't a trophy case supposed to have trophies? Uh, they were all wiped out in the big trophy fire. (laughs) Ah, I see the trophies are still out for cleaning, eh, Lisa? (laughs) (laughs) I think that is the last joke allowed by law about a Calvin Klein's obsession. Oh, yeah. I was looking to see when that cologne or perfume was uh, created. It was 1985. Whoa. And there have been so many jokes in pop culture from then until now in 98 about, like, Mm. A, a fancy cologne with a one-word name, like before we had like Meryl Streep's versatility. Right, yeah, which felt fresh then. I yeah. totally, it's been so long since Obsession, I forgot that pretension was a joke there too. <laughs> and like Homer's uh, commercial, Mr. Plow, was like a Calvin Klein commercial joke mm-hmm. when they were just, uh, before they were filming like underage people leaning against ladders. They were uh, filming <laughs> like uh, weird like desert scenes and uh, stop motion, or sorry, fast motion things. I don't know. For I am not a cologne or perfume person. So I, I, I'm out of that world. I did wear CK1 as a teen. Probably too uh, much of it. 
No, I think even Axe body spray. I just not. I mean, I use like scented deodorant, but you, you shouldn't know. feel bad about not wearing Axe body spray. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I'm sorry, guys. I just can't. I can't do the Axe. The Axe effect is not happening with me. Yeah, like I tried to get into perfume, and at the time, like when I was like, I'll try perfume. It was Marc Jacobs um, Daisy perfume, mm-hmm. and I tried it. And I like didn't understand. I was like, the, I don't want to smell like that. And then I just, <laughs> I, I, the only perfume I own is one that comes in a bottle that looks like a grenade. Oh, oh that's pretty cool. So that's where <laughs> I'm at with that. Uh, I and yeah, Alex's outfit does remind me of when I was like in late elementary school or middle school, seeing the girls who like were wearing clothes that seemed too old for them too. But like, uh, there's there's little moments like when Alex pulls out her perfume and sprays it on. She gives a little look to Lisa, like, see how grown up I am, huh? Mm-hmm. Like, that. that's definitely what Alex is going for. She wants people to know, like, she is so mature and grown up. She doesn't want to feel like an eight-year-old at all, which, uh, I mean, as a boy, I definitely felt like a version of that, of just saying, like, I'm, I'm not a baby, I'm not a little kid, but I didn't know to, like, show it through, like, clothes you wear or whatever. Mm-hmm. I still basically dress like I did when I was 11, <laughs> if I must be honest. Uh, I would have, but I wouldn't have worn this cool Sailor Moon pink shirt though. That I wouldn't have the guts to wear that thing. I did mean to compliment you on your shirt. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. I was hoping you don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah. The calling her a Phoebe. I'm like, come on, guys. We got it. We know on. who the guest star is. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That though, that I guess is more of the Scully style too. That they he pushed a lot more of like you need to know who this famous person is. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just about them being here. It's that uh, I mean the next season premiere is Mel Gibson mm. playing Mel Gibson. Like they went hard on that. Which at the time that is what you do with Mel Gibson, one of the most famous men in the world. It used like to be more that. fun. Yeah. Oh, man, it was so funny. Like, wow, Mel Gibson can laugh along with us. What a cool, funny guy. He's probably a great father. He is America's heartthrob. Yes, yeah. (laughs) He's what women want. This is all that... God. Shudder. I also like that Lisa and Skinner are not on the same page with that trophy excuse. Like, Though Skinner did tell her trophy uh, out for cleaning before. She should have remembered that. Yeah, trophy fire, less believable. (laughs) And Lisa's back into Malibu Stacy. I guess maybe that move on Achievable Chess showed that they made a change in their management and they weren't as uh, uh, sexist as they were before. (laughs) I just love that line so much. It just got me. (laughs) That she's so happy it's an Achievable Chess finally. (laughs) Wasn't the joke in Homer's Barbershop Quartet, the one where the the breasts put the children's eyes out. Yes, like, yeah, yeah. It was based on a real like Skipper doll or whatever, where the breasts would grow when you like flip a switch or something. It was like the fifties Malibu Stacy yeah. who had pointed breasts. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, yeah. I think you know Malibu Stacy. Well, Barbie's still around. It's still happening. Like so, uh, and Barbie's that, like woke now, right? Oh yeah, I've they seen made clips of that they show. F- they made different body types for Barbies, and then they have the Barbie YouTube show, which yeah. is super like is on point for what it is. I've oh. seen clips of that on Twitter. It seems like, wow, there's good stuff coming out of Barbie. I haven't seen this Barbie YouTube show. Like, uh, that's, you know, woke brands are a funny thing, but I do <laughs> I do like that they piss off the right people. So yeah. it's like, I hate, uh, I don't like praising corporations too much, but it shows just how little effort it takes from those brands to piss off uh, assholes <laughs> yeah. on, on the internet. Absolutely. Uh, but so Homer, meanwhile, is failing at his, uh, he cashes in his grease for the first time, and his grease is worthless. Okay, boy, this is where all the hard work, sacrifice, and painful scaldings pay off. <laughs> Four pounds of grease, that comes to 63 cents. 
Dad, all that bacon cost $27. Yeah, but your mom paid for that. <laughs> but doesn't she get her money from you? And I get my money from Greece. What's the problem? <laughs> wow. Look at that load of grease. Boy, if we're ever going to earn paper money, we have to expand our operation. Um, I don't know how much more school I can miss. Oh, you'll miss plenty. I have a feeling this business is going to consume our whole lives. <laughs> Lots of Homer and Bart adventures in season 10. Yeah, they. Uh, I like, though, that uh, Bart, is Bart is the sensible one for once who... <laughs> You know, often the Homer stuff is Bart tricking Homer into going farther and pushing him farther. But this time Bart's like, well, can we not, please? <laughs> like, this is stupid. Yeah, it's like, it's very, it's a backwards dy dynamic, but I find it really enjoyable. Like, finally <laughs> Bart's like, you know what, Dad? I don't know about that. Even he can do the math of like, you're losing money. <laughs> yeah. This is wrong. This is stupid. But uh, yeah, 63 cents for two, for six pounds of grease. That's uh, not so good. It's, it's it's a little cheesy, but I do like acne grease mm -hmm. instead of acme. That uh, that gave me a little laugh. It's a uh, it's cute. It's not hilarious, but it's yeah. cute. Yeah, especially as someone who gets dry skin acne. It's like, mm. it's not always the oil. Mm. Uh, no, well, actually, this acne gag for me in high school really hurt me because I, I had pretty bad acne oh, in, too. in high school. Yeah, I'll talk uh, about an upcoming line that offended oh, me. Oh, boy. I felt attacked. <laughs> oh, I know the yeah. one. It also made me sad. Mm. <laughs> I was greasy. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that, yeah. But I also like that... Homer reads Bart saying, I don't know how much school I can miss as like a challenge, like, oh, you'll miss plenty. <laughs> he just does not understand that that's a it's bad thing. The cheerful, like, ominous uh, tone in his voice, it'll consume your entire life. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so then we head back to the school lunchroom. Lisa is uh, introducing Alex to her friends. And I wonder if they, like, intentionally brought back Allison because they're like, well, that was the last time Lisa got a new friend. So let's bring back her old new friend to hang out with her new, new friend. And I think you can see a timeline clash there too because they definitely, when they created Allison Taylor in like 94 or 5, they were trying to show like, oh, this is a cooler kid then, though... Or at least more realistically designed. And now Alex is so much more beyond yeah. what uh, what Allison's outfit is. And I think when she means Sherry and Terry, that's also a Friends reference in that uh, she played twins on that show in Mad About oh, You. Oh, you're right. Well. Yeah, you're totally right about that. Ursula was the evil one of the two twins, as we all know. Ursula. But again, uh, they are inventing uh, Friends for Lisa because Sherry and Terry are in Bart's class. They're not in yeah. Lisa's class. So it's like, oh, what, yeah. what little girls have spoken on this show? Uh, three of them? Wait, is Janie there too? Janie is there. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's uh, I mean, Sherry and Terry, maybe they befriended Lisa on that island, you know, that uh, their Lord <laughs> of the Flies experience maybe brought them all together. Could be. <laughs> but no, they just had to pretend Lisa had friends. They <laughs> they much prefer. They, I mean, it was just like two seasons ago. Uh, they were doing Summer of Four Foot Two, where the entire plot is no one likes her and no one mm -hmm. signs her yearbook. Though her yearbook friend should be there, hang out with those nerds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they live in that town that's hard to pronounce. Uh, <laughs> but Alex makes quite a first impression. Guys, this is Alex. Hi there. Hi. Ooh, twins. Which one is the evil one? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll go get our lunches. So, Alex, uh, leave just a sec. <laughs> Hello? Huh? <laughs> oh, yeah, like I'd be seen with a Discover card. You have a cell phone and a purse? That's it. Don't be shy. Now maybe a little joke to break the ice. 
a big joke. Careful now. Nobody likes a show off. Where are they going? Hey, wait up! They left without me. Elisa! I've got an extra seat. And you've got an extra lunch. <laughs> Catch my drift. <laughs> Millhouse, lower those eyebrows. And the other one. <laughs> As the only character with eyebrows on this show, yeah. he can do that. I love that gag. It's, uh, I, it's not a line, per se, but just the the way his one eyebrow still stays up, and then he br- sl- sadly brings it down. I love that. Yeah, that sticks out to me Like outside of the episode. It's just <laughs> a very, very funny gag. Uh, I mean, most of I, uh, Milhouse's eyebrow acting are gifable moments. Mm-hmm. Like, eh, eh, like, oh, yeah, like a date with density of him like waggling his eyebrows, and as oh, Nelson looks God, back at him. Yes, yes. 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 <laughs> but uh, Lisa, seeing her friends just walk away, they, they remark on it on the commentary, and it is true, like, they walk away away from that table so fast they are instantly gone just for pacing purposes to get to the commercial but it's funny that Alex is like hey let's all leave right now and they just slip <laughs> away <laughs> which uh, that is like they are being shitty to Lisa they are abandoning Lisa when she was going to get lunch which uh, that definitely happened to me a couple times at school I didn't like that yeah so. it happened to me too for uh, sure it won't happen when you eat alone in the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> life hack the right edge there yeah <laughs> no the worst time that happened to me was on a school trip to Universal Studios Orlando where like I was with a group and the group like ditched me it uh that sucked I found another group and just hung around with them all day and uh uh, we went to the Hard Rock Cafe and we had an okay time but man that sucked that uh uh, and so I can totally feel Lisa's pain here and then on top of that she has to feel all this abandonment pain and then has to deal with this loser Millhouse still not getting the hint that she is not interested (laughs) Millhouse is definitely in the Urkel wearing her down type of and you will. There. I don't like that yeah. future chronology. No, that Ugh. I do not recognize the future where the, her and Millhouse are together. No, no it's Boo. all about lesbian Lisa. <laughs> I am. I prefer that definitely. Yeah. I also don't like Lisa ending up with anybody she knew as a child. Like meets a Lisa. new person yeah. in your yeah, life. Those yeah. are just sitcom rules. Like you have to know <laughs> each other for life. Yeah. Well, that's how shipping works too. It's like it couldn't. Nobody's allowed to just leave town and make a new friend and and <laughs> yeah. fall in love in like uh, when you're 25. That's not allowed. <laughs> not in the ship world so we come back from break and lisa is telling the problems to her family so there i am being nice to alex and she takes all my friends and ditches me i'm sure they didn't ditch you honey maybe they won't have to plan a surprise party for you (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) good one mom they only like her because she acts too grown up with her perfume and her cell phone and oh and get this mom she drinks iced tea. Lisa, I can't imagine anyone being more likable than you. But apparently this new girl is. <laughs> so my advice would be to start copying her in every way. But, Dad... Uh-uh, think. Is that what Alex would say? <laughs> That's a great twist. Yeah. Uh, from, him, from him being reassuring to, like, just starkly realistic. <laughs> and Homer, Homer's advice is so bad of, like, become a sycophant for her. Like, geez, that's what you got to do. Your personality needs to go away, mm-hmm. which uh, that is a horrible thing to tell your kid. But that's why it's funny. Yeah. And it doesn't work. I like even the we'll get to the clothes shopping thing but like I was so I was such a goth in middle school like I was definitely like I'm gonna listen to Linkin Park and not care about anybody (laughs) but I shopped at Abercrombie and Fitch because I thought if I wore 
like what the popular kids wore, mm. they would like me. Doesn't effing work. So <laughs> uh, that's sad. Yeah, it's a sad realization you all have to come to. Eventually, eventually, my rejection of society as a goth was wearing my Shinji T-shirt to school and be like, <laughs> "I'm Shinji. I please. <laughs> I have a heart of glass. Leave me alone." <laughs> that was my announcement. But nobody watched Evangelion, so they didn't know the reference I was. Like, is that uh, some kind of Goku you got? On? <laughs> is that? Oh, that's pretty gay. Yeah. You gay? Like your gay cartoon? <laughs> yes, I do. I do like my gay cartoon. Yeah. Uh, it's called Yowie, and it's fun. <laughs> I, I love Marge's pitiful attempt to smooth it out to like, ah, surprise, surprise birthday. <laughs> but then what else can a mom do? She basically says that later of like, I, I have to I believe, have to believe this. this, yeah. <laughs> and Homer's delivery on that line, the best part is that they keep in like a very like lip yeah. smack as he takes a breath to say, so what I think you should do, like it adds so much more like impact to the gag of his turn there. I I love that. That's was a good call from the audio editors, keeping in that stuff they normally cut from um from the audio. It's, it's the a nice show. beat to leave in, I think. <laughs> I mean, Dan Castellaneta has amazing comedic timing, so can't blame him there. Uh, and so Lisa is uh, back at school. Alex apologizes, but in a very uh, like uh, condescending way, for sure. Uh, though she also reveals that she pierced her friend's ears, which, like, oh, boy, I, I've never pierced my ears. I don't know what is the right age to get your ears pierced. but uh, Growing up, it was not like a rite of passage. Just like every girl just had their ears pierced from oh, like okay. uh, babyhood, I think. Wow. Like, a lot of parents pierce their little girl's ears. That feels... I feel like your kid should be able to agree to getting their ears pierced before yeah. you pierce them. That's that's how I feel. It's a I, thing in some cultures, for sure. I, yeah. I got my ears pierced around Lisa's age, mm. um, just because it was... It was a big thing, but it's mm-hmm. not. I don't wear earrings anymore because they poke you when you go to bed. Yeah, I don't true. like it. Yeah. I got my ears pierced at the Piercing Pagoda, and it's still <laughs> at the mall that is just rotting from the inside. Oh. I was just there. Wow, I can't believe yeah. it's still there. I a lot of my friends, uh, male friends who got piercings, they did it at Claire's. Or I the, did it at Claire's. I thought you. Oh, I thought yeah. you might be a Claire's Actually, one. Yeah, the Claire's in that mall is still open. It's like five hundred million piercings or oh, whatever. Yeah. Just like a big banner saying how many piercings they've done. Yeah, uh, when I when I was in high school, I got a second. piercing piercing but i just i'm too lazy to wear earrings and they closed but i still have Uh. the first one because i got it when i was like nine (laughs) i think too i had friends who worked at spencer's gifts and they did piercings there too though they never did the piercings at it it was like one person on the staff was trained to be the piercer who could do like you know a septum piercing or whatever not just the regular ear ones (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, I I had a friend who she was she was very proud of her downstairs piercings as well. Oh. She, uh, but she said it came to a point where she could not remove them, and it's uh, now it became a problem for her. Mm. It was well, they so they were just regular rings on each side of her special area, <laughs> uh, and I think it just ended up getting like rusted or something. I don't want to say rusted, oh. but like there's the, a lot of body horror in this episode. The, the, cla- the class would not reopen basically, so they couldn't be removed. You need like stainless she'd... steel anywhere on your body. Pliers? <laughs> I I think it might have come to that eventually. I I stopped being friends with her whenever she eventually got rid of it. If she did, she could still have them. I don't know. Were you like, you're not cool anymore? I can't be your friend? <laughs> no, yeah. I, uh, we're, we're just not pals anymore in general. We we had a falling out. But yes, oh. that, was, that was the most extreme. Uh, to me at the time, it's just like, uh, what freaked me out was just the idea of like, 
you let some uh, uh, piercing guy see your junk, like get that close like that. That was the most surprising part to me. Yeah, I had a friend who did um, corset piercings, like oh. pierced her back so wow. she could lace it up. Man. Yeah, so that, like not through the skin, obviously. They were like uh, the, the barbells or whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah. But still, wow. I don't want to uh, shame anybody, but anything that's pierced and doesn't dangle, it kind of makes me wince. <laughs> like a <laughs> piercing like, through, me a like uh, through like your like, the snake hand. bite, the yeah. snake Oh, I've never yeah. seen that snake yeah. bite. Or like, oh, wow. like through your ne- like they're just like for, like a non ear, non uh, nipple, non belly button, <laughs> non genital piercing. <laughs> I I can't get down with that. It's it's a lot. It's a lot to think about the snake bite ones especially. They look they can look cool on the right person. I'm wow. I'm way too much of a dweeb for that. I feel so old. I never even heard of these snake bite ones. Mm. Man, I no. I again, I'm a what's. I've never had anything pierced. So oh, <laughs> I I want more ear piercings. Like I I, I like the idea because I always tuck one side of my hair behind. So I'm like, oh, I should have some piercings on my ear and like look cooler. But then I'm like, without makeup, I'm like, I don't look cool at all. No, can't pull it off. <laughs> my goal is more. Tech- tattoos. <laughs> uh, but Alex has her own plans for ear piercing, which is stabbing kids with thumbtacks and then <laughs> picking it up with toilet paper. <laughs> it's also a really cool shot. Uh, I could only appreciate it really this time, but you see Lisa's inside of her locker has all these very kitty stickers on it. Like the return of the happy little elves is there for mm. one thing, uh, but also like a kind of Lisa Frank style, like dolphin riding a rainbow. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, you're seeing the, her, kitty inner life and then when she closes the door then right behind it is the you know maturity or uh growing up in the form oh, of alex that, and her that pals was so subtle i didn't notice it it's very well done I yeah. only caught it this time that's yeah. really smart <laughs> uh but after lisa sort of gets an apology from alex after being kind of like i mean you put them on your dolls I'm just kidding. Hey, uh, when you're older, like that was still being told, oh, I was just kidding. After being insulted is like, no, no, yeah. no, no. Definitely but, a thing. Definitely uh, doesn't feel good. No. They're interrupted in their conversation by Principal Skinner. Oh, Lisa, I was hoping I could count on you again to spearhead our annual school-wide apple pick. Absolutely. Apple pick? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> we have pony rides, sing-alongs, apple bobbing, apple picking, apple everything. Uh, you forgot apple bobbing. No, I didn't. <laughs> didn't old school have apple picks? No, we weren't big on fruit. We were more into, like, dances. You know, things that are fun. <laughs> a dance? Great idea, Alex. Yeah, Principal Skinner, can we have a dance instead? Oh, yeah, yeah. that would be oh, so great. Can we have a great do it? Well, uh... You've never had a dance before. Lisa, you'd be doing all the work. What do you think? Mm, I don't know. The ponies might be startled by the loud music. Well, there wouldn't be ponies. Ugh. Then, at <laughs> the risk of being unpopular, I think I'm going to have to say... School dance? I didn't approve any school dance. Yes, you did yesterday, right by my locker. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, but carry on. <laughs> I like it. Uh, that's uh, Skinner is like having, uh, he needs to take some ginkgo or something. Yeah, he's having a time. <laughs> he's not very involved in this whole dance affair. <laughs> Same too. And he's just like, you forgot apple bobbing. No, I didn't. <laughs> I think uh, one thing is that Alex is wearing a different outfit in yeah. like yeah. almost every scene. It's like pink. Yeah. yeah yeah, now she's uh, also more of a real person in that she wears different clothes, which is also like, 
changing Springfield too. Like she's just introducing to all of the students, you could wear other clothes, not just the same clothes every day. <laughs> and uh, I also just like how she like her mean girl way of saying, you know, things that are fun. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, though now in my age, I'd prefer all that Apple stuff to like being in a dark room to dance somewhere. It's just like, man, mm, no, apples right. sound way tastier. I know. I was just thinking about like my favorite part of the year was the like Halloween fair, which Ooh, has a similar vibe yeah. as like an apple picking kind of thing. You know, you get mm. a petting zoo, that kind of stuff. We know Lisa's obsessed with ponies. <laughs> yes, that, yeah. That tracks. That also feels like a real cult, like Malibu Stacy, Happy Little Elves, pony stuff. Yeah. Like this is old Lisa here they're, for sure. They're pulling from, yeah, like the history <laughs> of Lisa. This is not who she's been for a it's few like, years now. Like, though. oh yeah, well, who is Lisa? Yeah. Trying to figure out like what characteristics she has. Well, there's a great line later uh, from her that like really shows the balance they're doing with Lisa. Like, so is Lisa's problem that she doesn't want to grow up or that she's older than the rest of them too because of how well read she is? Mm. Like, what is Lisa in this? I mean, like most smart kids, she just doesn't fit in in, in where she lives. Yeah. yeah. Like I said earlier, it feels very real to me, even though it's kind of ridiculous because I think in some ways, like the kind of person Lisa is and the kind of person I always viewed myself as can be both things like childish in many ways, but also very much, I don't want to say beyond because that sounds arrogant, but just like at a different <laughs> level. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, my reading, le- like I'm at an eighth grade reading level, but also I love watching cartoons. You're just like, you're a very <laughs> weird dichotomy of a person. Yeah. Well, like, uh, in school, I did have like, I've read more books or seen more movies than you guys. Or also I, in high school, I got really uh, angry that it felt like I had read more Kafka than my teacher had. <laughs> like, can I do the trial? I want to do that as my uh, year long book project. But my teacher wouldn't let me do it just because she hadn't read the trial. Like, so oh, wow. I, I had to do uh, Crime and Punishment, which was really great. I actually love Crime I and Punishment. I just got mad but... when teachers would mispronounce words I knew. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah. I'm a child. That I know this is wrong. Yeah, I I remember being in fifth grade and uh, we were like, you can do a they called it a hero report, I think, and you could do like a report on any person and, or or any book. Um, and I chose Little Women. No, wow. <laughs> and I read all of Little Women and did a project on it. Everyone else was choosing like I don't even remember, like definitely not Little Women. They were actually fairly average sized women. <laughs> yeah, it almost feels like an act break there too when he's like school dance. I don't remember that. Oh, carry on, and he walks away. I thought a commercial was coming right then yeah. but I knew it I it didn't but that was such weird pacing too but that's a lot of the scully years that it feels like Oh, I thought the commercial could have gone before or after this. Like, mm-hmm. I, I wonder how much is up to them and how much is up to Fox and when they want to put commercials in. And I think Skinner would not normally okay children to have a school dance, but I, I, I read it. very, like, uh, impressed by, uh, not Allison, Alex. Yes, yeah. yeah. I think he was feeling very overwhelmed and challenged in a way he isn't normally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so. I mean, Alex is intimidating to adults even, too, yeah, you know, yeah. it's not true. just the Lisa. Yeah. Also, we know that Skinner gets easily intimidated by women in his life. It's the, true, yeah. The bullies can't scare him too much, but women can boss him around pretty well, it seems like. Yeah. As all that's happening in school, Bart is taking Homer to the real home <laughs> of Greece. When you want Greece, go to the source. Good old Krusty Burger. Oh, I'll say. Look at that redheaded kid. There must be $20 worth of grease on his forehead alone. I was thinking more of the deep fryer. All right, we'll try it your way. Can I help you, sir? My 
God, you're greasy. <laughs> Mr. Maruka, help! <laughs> Mom's gonna kill you. If she didn't want her car ruined, she should have done a better job hiding her keys. <laughs> uh, hey, what the... Hey, hey, you're taking a grease! It's our grease now. <laughs> we run the grease racket in this town. <laughs> hey, that's my shovel! We also run the shovel racket. So yeah, the uh, my God, your greasy line, uh, not so funny to me in 1998. Oh, no. funny now. I mean, back then I was about 80% acne. Mm-hmm. And now I'm around three to five percent acne. <laughs> it never stops. It never stops. I've aged out of acne pretty much. Uh, I think it's I, nice. I don't. I tried like everything, but only I don't even know if they still do this anymore. Uh, Accutane was like oh, yeah. the scorched earth policy. Like yeah. uh, it made people suicidal. There are all these side effects that oh, destroyed boy. your liver. Uh, I survived Accutane, but it got rid of my acne. So Jesus. mostly got rid yeah. of my acne. Yeah, Accutane's Accutane's dicey. I do so much research. My acne was so bad I couldn't move the lower half of my face. It was so oh, painful. Wow. Yeah. Oh man, that's no. And that of yeah. course it happens at your most like physically awkward time you know, of your it, life. It really too. doesn't help the dweeb status yeah. that you already have. No, I had I had really terrible acne too. But I but when I finally went to a dermatologist, he was like, uh, he. He didn't want to try Accutane. He's like, we could, but let's do this cream first. And the cream did enough <laughs> that I was like, okay, no Accutane. But I definitely needed a dermatologist dis- uh, prescribed thing to deal I'm with. I was thinking of my dermatologist like drawing the blinds and telling me about Accutane. <laughs> oh, mine was really bad. Not the gross. This is like, this is the body horror episode. But <laughs> I had really bad like body body acne where like I'd hurt to sit in a chair because it was like all over my back oh, and like boy. it was really like Man. just swollen and painful. It, that's not a problem anymore, thank God. But it would like just existing hurt, just like physically, yeah. like, like existing in a space hurt my yeah. body. Now I feel lucky that my acne was just above the neck. Like I didn't have it uh, in bad place anywhere else, but I just felt so embarrassed by it. And I kept, I used like the over the counter stuff so much, but it felt like I'd, I'd use, you know, a pad. And then like 10, 30 minutes later, my face just felt greasy all over again. We're going to get so many stuff. acne stories in the comments. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. I, you know, <laughs> keep, keep them. G-rated in yeah. these comments, guys. I I'm, feel for you. But I'm not uh, watching Dr. Pimple Popper on Hulu. Oh, no. 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 I saw no. can't I, do that. I saw a Facebook ad for that show that is just showing surgeries. Oh. I don't want yeah. that. No. Yeah. No, I, I have like I still have scars from like seventh grade. Like I don't get acne on the side of my face. I haven't since middle school, but I still have scars. Oh. I mostly most of my problem I've eliminated like 95% of the acne on my face, but I still deal with scarring. That's my new thing. I'm like, I don't need to deal uh, with the pimple popping anymore. I just want you to, like, I need a microdermabrasion. Yeah, I've got some scars, too. Yeah. Oh, boy. Jeez. The, yeah, I like Homer's delivery of, my God, you're greasy. <laughs> <laughs> but you know who's a hero to all of us acne sufferers is Bill Murray. Mm. He was allowed to star in movies with <laughs> a face true. that scarred up. That's God true. bless him. Edward James almost as well. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They proved he can do it, and he mm-hmm. still they both still get to appear in things. <laughs> uh, and I also love Homer's uh, way of thinking of just like, well, if she didn't she didn't want her car ruined, she should have done a better job hiding her keys. Like That's... shovelling grease into her hatchback. Yeah. I know, it's so gross. Uh, I mean, this is jerk ass Homer for sure here. Mm-hmm. Like it's uh, the joke is constantly on Marge being treated horribly, but you know, Homer is immediately beaten by thugs. So uh, he got his come up in some ways. <laughs> yeah, but... The shovel. Too. Uh, just... 
But just imagine the the garbage grease soaking the inside of your car like that. Uh, you you would just burn your car. You're yeah. done with your car then. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm like I think we've all left a fast food bag in our car for like overnight. Oh yeah. It's yeah. like that times a million. You get oh. in the car, you're like, oh, it smells like a McDonald's. <laughs> It'll smell like that for six months. Yeah. <laughs> this is why I uh, well I mean also the scent of like working at a place like that. when I worked at the AMC concession stand like the scent of it never went away and it's like I never want to spend money at the concession stand ever again i though my husband is still like no no let's get popcorn I'm like fine but i just can't the scent i just hate the scent so much then the the last great gag in that scene is it does say on the back of their thing acne grease and shovel like, they are in charge of the shovel it's true. they they really branched out which i guess they're the only people who can deal shovels in all of springfield <laughs> And they steal your shovel if you have it. That's a, that's an insane idea, the shovel racket. So then we go to the mall. There is a, a sign gag I did not get until now either. Donner's uh, Party Supplies. Yeah. Didn't get that. And it's the Winter Madness Sale. I will so. say I love uh, Last Podcast on the Left. They did a great three-part series on the Donner Party. Oh, what I haven't happened. heard that one. Like, it is just a, a joke we all tell ourselves, but the actual story is like totally harrowing and awesome and amazing. Uh, yeah. They tell it very well. Yeah, yeah, good podcast all around. <laughs> mm-hmm. People just love uh, cannibal jokes. Like, that's yeah. just, it's easy. Saying Donner Party, just easy cannibal jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of going, though, into the party supply store, they head into Dingo Junction, which is a very, like, um, I think, well-observed 90s mall store for girls, as far as I know. I never, I didn't venture too far into those uh, Forever 21 type places then. One weird reference is that the uh, the mascot for this store would later be used for the Crash Bandicoot oh my parody. God, right. It's in, the same uh, Dingo. Yeah, Dash Dingo. Wow. So there is a Crash Bandicoot parody later this yes. season, and Lisa gets an A. A great episode, by the way. <laughs> but I guess they just re- they like that character design, so they just reuse him in that video game. I wow. knew I like my brain was like Dingo. <laughs> There's another Dingo somewhere else. <laughs> it's uh, it's such a cool Dingo design, and it also fits with. Uh, it reminds me, gosh, the. California something the one that had the ape the uh, the surfing ape on it that oh that, TNC surf design yeah that's yeah, the one it yeah. reminded me of that kind of uh, mascot for mm. it though I guess maybe Dingo Junction is also supposed to be a kind of Banana Republic I suppose I think it's supposed to be like a Forever Twenty One or Wet Seal mm. like one of those uh, fashionable mall stores for women mm. and if you want to look up the song that's played in there the song is Positive Vibrations by Mark Haley and Ray Flowers which was like just released on like an album of like easy dance tunes. So I think it was just a cheap thing that sounds like a pop song, mm-hmm. but wasn't one. I, maybe they blew their pop song licensing budget at the end of the episode. Is it like a different song every time the door opens in this uh, episode in the third act? I think they just bring it up more. Oh, no, uh, no, no. It's the same. I think it's the same song. Each oh, okay. Time. Yeah. Uh, but yes. As all the gals are trying on their hot couture uh, in, in having some real Spice Girl vibes <laughs> with their outfits, too, I think. Especially Janie's hat really reminds me of a Spice Girl type fashion. Yeah. Uh, Lisa, meanwhile, isn't into it. I am not wearing this. Oh, come on, Lisa. It's totally you. Just, you know, add some accessories, lip gloss, maybe drop five pounds. Are we a little young for makeup and... What do you mean, five pounds? (laughs) Well, you want to look nice for your date. Date? Hello? For the dance? You guys have dates? Hello? Stop saying hello! (laughs) Okay, calm down, Lisa. DMY. What's DMY? Don't mess yourself. Yeah, that's why we changed it to DMY. (laughs) Don't worry, Lisa. There's still plenty of time. You'll get a date. I don't want a date! 
and I don't want to wear perfume and cocktail dresses. Am I the only one who just wants to play hopscotch and bake cookies and watch the McLaughlin group? Hello? <laughs> Hello? Oh. <laughs> I feel like if that had been made today, she would have said hello. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's the vibe. That's the vibe it gives hello. off. Hello. <laughs> the uh, what the O W O emotes. Oh whoa. Yeah. What's this? Yeah. Uh, poor, poor Lisa. Just though. Yeah, the mention of the McLaughlin group. That's the one thing. It's just like they ought to show that Lisa isn't just a little kid. Like mm-hmm. she also is uh, overly mature too. Yeah. The, the same girl who wants to join Mensa and stuff. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. uh, though I mean the McLaughlin group. No. Nobody should watch that. It's not. It's well, they just, can't anymore. He's dead. Yes. Yeah. They can't watch it now. I mean, don't watch reruns. But it's just like there's better politics outlets for you. It's it's it was just yelling at each other the and gatekeeping. A that lot is too. like uh, it's like identical in my in my mind to the McNeil Lehrer Hour. Yeah. Or whatever. Like I don't know the difference. Which one was parody on SNL? I think it was McNeil Lehrer. The yeah. one of like Wrong. show show show. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Alex even calls her fat. Like God, what a mm. fucking jerk <laughs> uh and i also love lisa's demand of like stop saying hello it's just like she's so sick of kids today saying yeah. hello like she sounds so old then yeah too. she hates the slang <laughs> it's like i just love the the very 90s like it has like the as if kind mm. of vibe i keep saying vibe but, um. <laughs> i also forgot to mention that this is in the shadow of clueless as well yeah. this yeah. Uh, episode i which probably had a big uh impression on the writers or at least from a design standpoint too mm-hmm. which yeah uh, that was that gave me a real insight into the the world of ladies i think like well this episode too made me think like is is DMY a thing kids say? <laughs> no, they made it up for the uh, show. Yes. But uh, um, it's uh, like both of that and Clueless, but sorry, both this and Clueless have a joke where the joke is a uh, young person has a cell phone and that's yeah. the joke. Yeah. yeah. They shouldn't have it. It's 1995 and 1998 respectively. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I didn't have my own personal cell phone. I think it's like, 2006 when That's I moved. When I got out mine, here. actually, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I got mine in 2006. Wow, wow. Though you were you you were uh, it a teen then, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, okay. My mom, I got it was a little bit early because my mom was always terrified I was going to get kidnapped or whatever. Ah, I see. So mine was like a, a one of the like it was a very uncool cell phone because it was like a safety cell phone <laughs> for like only I only call my mom on it. My uh, my mom was worried too, but I didn't. Uh, I that's when I got one when I moved out here because I also. Uh, it was the first time I had my own apartment. I realized, like, am I really going to get a landline in 2006? Mm-hmm. Or will I just have a cell phone that the people I applied to jobs for uh, call, yeah. you know? Uh, but, hey, it all worked out. But I, <laughs> I didn't get a smartphone until, like, 2012, I think. And mm-hmm. and now I think kids, all kids have phones, I think, or uh, so many do. I like, When I was in high school, I babysat, and these kids were using, like, you know, the early iPhones, mm-hmm. like their parents' just last iPhone. Oh, wow. Yeah, instead of turning it in, they would have it, and the kid could, like, uh, connect to the Wi-Fi and like I babysat a kid who he was a year old and knew how to look up garbage like dump truck videos on YouTube because wow. he just loved watching dump truck videos wow. like so in- Man. into that I'm uh, scared of how <laughs> uh, computer literate this generation will be and what they're going to end up like finding, all, finding all the wrong videos to watch <laughs> yeah. well, well hey that's what the YouTube algorithm does and you can't change that <laughs> yeah. and that's why that's like, free market you see kids on on like TikTok that have incredible editing skills and I'm oh, like God. I'll never uh, I'll never be able to edit a video on my <laughs> phone like that ever in my life I 
only have text editing skills. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is a skill to get them ready for the future. Like, you need to be your own video editor in the mm-hmm. future, kids. Way more than yeah. knowing how to write a sentence. No like, one yeah. taught me how to edit a podcast in the 90s <laughs> when I was in high school. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and all the all the grammar rules I learned useless. I just say words out loud and anyway. cursive. Go to hell. <laughs> cursive. <laughs> so when we come back from break, Marge is comforting Homer about how sad he is with his stupid grease thing, and I do love that Marge is trying to get him distracted with a new pl- a new plan. Oh, I can't believe those goons muscled me out of my grease business. I've been muscled out of everything I've ever done, including my muscle for hire business. My poor homie. Couldn't you try some other far-out money-making scheme? Oh, what's the point? You could raise some emus. Emus? Really? (laughs) Oh, that's pretty crazy. Nah, I'd only fail just like I fail at everything. Hey, Dad, I've been thinking. What if instead of giving up on Greece, we go for one last big score? (laughs) Wait a minute. The boys run! (laughs) I can't quit now! Aw, you always know just what to say to cheer me up. Emu Farm? <laughs> You're priceless, Marge. I I like that Marge knows she can't talk Homer out of being crazy, so she her new strategy is give him something crazier to do. Mm. And it there's a lot of running gags. They have this in the next episode too of like Marge basically is trying to pitch ideas in a writer's room. Yeah. And then is told, like, mm, that's not a good idea. No. And then. That could have been a failed subplot. For yeah. Homer. Uh, though, I mean, why is her, is her emu farm any worse than a grease collection thing? I feel like that could have led to a funny story, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Poor Marge. She's, she's such a good wife. It's yeah. just like Bart comes through and is like, nah. Yeah. That's, it's also a real insult to Marge that Homer's like, Bart, you know, just Bart just says nothing, and he's like, "You're right, Bart. We're not giving up. I'm doing this." They even give him the music behind the words too. The, the music transition is so is yeah. like really like makes the scene too. It's a real epiphany he seems to have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we go back to the school. First, Nelson is talking about his love of Huckleberries. Last heard of in the episode, this little wiggy. And yeah, that I like that when Skinner shows up, he's not he's enforcing the social order of like, no, you should be a mean bully. Don't mm. talk about Huckleberries with these kids also enforcing gender norms i feel yeah yeah that too yeah which uh i've never had huckleberries i wonder mm. how good they are that's one of my favorite scenes in the the episode though just because like nelson has been proven to have like a soft side mm-hmm. i just i always find it so great when he's he's going and then he's talking about the, the confectioner sugar <laughs> he and, wants delicious wine yeah. and the kids he's talking to all are the nerds he beat up especially <laughs> yeah. database and ralph like mm-hmm. yeah the, like the last time he talked about huckleberries was in the episode where he bullied ralph mm-hmm. and stole his uh, key <laughs> their conversations about berries are interrupted by lisa in a surprising outfit the thing about huckleberries is once you've had fresh You'll never go back to canned. <laughs> um, uh, so anyway, I kicked the guy's ass. <laughs> now, if the berries are too tart, I just dust them with confectioner sugar. Oh, good secret. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys. Oh. <laughs> Hi, Lisa. Are you all right? No doubt. <laughs> Can't a girl fabulize herself before the big dance? Your earlobe's bleeding. Oh. 
So, I guess Major Muffins like yourselves all have dates, huh? You better believe it. Really? All of you? Ah, uh, we all have dates, Lisa. Everyone does. Even me. <laughs> Unbelievable. Whoa. I think Ralph can't even believe it. Yeah, he. Uh, I think the database is the most unbelievable. Uh, everybody has dates. I like I, his voice is so great. That's another. Oh, we know Mac Rating is gone because database is coming back. Yeah, he hates yeah. database famously. Famously uh, to us, at least. The well, speaking of sounds of characters, Wendell's all wrong in yeah. this. Like it's not like he was. Lisa. Yeah, he was just kind of like a duh duh idiot. That is not Wendell is the queasy kid. Yeah. Like he's yeah, he's supposed to feel like uh like stressed out or like, oh no, like that's him. Like yeah. Not, yeah. That didn't even like, occur to me, but that that is very not him. When I was going over the sounds, that one hit me like, wait, that is Wendell talking. That's all wrong for yeah. season one superstar Wendell. Yeah, he just did it for one joke and uh, was in the opening for a while and then yeah. nothing else. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the last time we saw him was at Martin Prince's party and he was like thrown up on. So it was like he wasn't even the throwing up kid at it. Uh, <laughs> he's, uh, Milhouse stole his bit. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much every problem of a nerdy kid just all got funneled to Milhouse. So instead of doing it with different kids, they just were all jokes about Millhouse's expense. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the Lisa, uh, you know, she thought she had a sure thing at that table, especially like she's got two guys who she went on dates with before That's there, true. too. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but somehow they all have dates, which makes no sense. I guess Alex is already taking over the school with her like maturity fever. Everybody thinks they're supposed to have a date. If I had, I. Like, I was scared of the concept of dating at, like, 14. <laughs> I, I can't imagine eight-year-olds agreeing to a thing called a date. Yeah, I didn't date until college. I was, like, really, really slow on that. <laughs> I didn't go to the – I went to prom with a friend, and my he asked me to prom in binary. Oh, oh wow. That's so sweet. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's funny. We talk about how mature we felt in classes, except of like, well, but kissing. Ooh, no, no, thank uh, you. Yeah, I That's was illogical. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, ah, I don't know about that. It sounds like germs. That's a good way to catch a cold. <laughs> Enjoy your germs, losers. Uh, so Lisa thinks that she's at least got one surefire date left. Another wedgie. Uh, hang on, I'll get my forceps. Oh, hurry. <laughs> Millhouse, oh, I've been looking all over for you. <laughs> Listen, you've always had a crush on me, right? Well, this is your lucky day, because you're going to take me to the dance. Pretty great, huh? See ya. Hmm. Oh, but I can't. I already asked somebody. <laughs> so unask her. But that one's... You're taking <gasps> me. You got that? And it's going to be a magical evening. What am I doing? This isn't me. I'm sorry, Millhouse. I'm free next weekend. <laughs> There's plenty of Millhouse to go around. I like that he's so confident while his armpits are still filled with his underwear. Yeah. Too. <laughs> yeah. And that it is so extreme that forceps are needed to get the oh, wedgie God. out. Mm -hmm. Like... Poor Millhouse. I don't know if dating Millhouse would bring her much social status, even well, to the dance. Well, if Database and Wendell have dates, that's then... true. Yeah, <laughs> if she has no date, I think Millhouse is preferable to no date. Yeah, if that, if just. Yeah, I mean, but... later he calls her like, "You don't want to be the dateless wonder." Exactly. Yeah. yeah, everybody's owning her for not having a date. Yeah. So. Uh, but I do, you know, now I really appreciate the maturity of Millhouse that he's like. 
I no, I've asked out this girl. It'd be wrong for me to just break off the date with her just because you said to. Yeah, Milhouse like is equal parts admirable and just so punchable. Like <laughs> he really just oscillates between the two at all times. In the uh, Lord of the Flies episode, he was just hateable. Like, yeah. Just a detestable pig. <laughs> yeah, like he can go from that kind of episode to to of actually like a respectable position on something. And I like that Lisa does apologize to him too. That's uh, that's good. Instead, mm-hmm. just she could have just run off, but yeah. she actually apologizes. But uh, yeah, him him refusing to break off the date with his crush uh, to go to the dance with the crush reminds me of an episode of my so-called life. Did you guys ever see that show? The, uh, I do, but I have no memories of it. Uh, yeah. On the episode, the life of Brian, where it was, uh, the voiceovers were all done by the nerd who has a crush on Claire Danes on the show. Um, he gets a date with this new girl who, you know, is she's she's a little nerdy, but they they both are and they they make a real connection and they're like, Yeah, we're gonna go to the dance together. And then Claire Danes' character asks him to the date as like a friend, not as a date, but to the dance, and he then breaks it off with the girl who he was going to do go the dance with in a very heartbreaking scene all for mm. and all for nothing because it like claire danes wasn't into him she was mm. just using him to get back at some other guy too but jordan uh, catalano yeah f him man. <laughs> uh yeah so that i mean that's jared leto so I really f him but he's damaged yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah at least millhouse knew better than brian in that episode of my so-called life like you don't you don't be a cat and break off a date uh, when you've already made the the deal with somebody, <laughs> even if you don't want to be there, which like that's pretty rude to do anyway. Yeah. yeah. The vision Lisa has of herself in Millhouse's glasses. That's a good little shot, too. I like that. Yeah, it's just very well done. Sobering moment for her. So when we come back from commercial breaks. Bart and Homer have built like a Mad Max style grease mobile <laughs> with just like uh, vacuum tubes that lead into drums to put grease in it. But nothing is tied down. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, which, oh yeah, those drums of grease. It reminded me of a gag I meant to mention earlier. The grease guy they were selling to, in the background, there's like this little visual gag that I just caught this time that like he has a, you know, swimsuit calendar like you'd see it, uh, you know, a break shop or whatever, but it's clearly from the grease industry. So it's a swimsuit model posed over like a gross leaking tub, uh, tub oh, of grease. I totally missed yeah. that. Yeah, wow. I missed that too. It's so fun. It's, it's such a clever idea of like, it's the industry swimsuit calendar, <laughs> all pretty women around grease. So on this recording day, we also recorded tomorrow, uh, next week's episode and they, they both have a third act with Homer and Bart going on a nighttime caper. Oh yes. <laughs> to break into someplace. That's true. They, yeah. They're really in a nighttime caper mood then in the writer's room and, uh, Homer prays to God for help, and uh, he knows Homer imagines that with God's great power that he's watching women undress, though, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Bart knows it's not going to trick God, so they decide to just go without God and drive off. And uh, great animation on the drums just falling off of the side of his car, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then when we come back, we get a really sweet scene between Lisa and Marge. I just Oh, it's just so cute. Like Marge, Marge has to be such a mom in this show, but they at least get really great jokes in this episode of her being a comforting mom who knows how things go in the real world. And she makes homemade Pepsi. Oh, so great. I love how viscous it sounds. It's a little thick, but the price is right. (laughs) Uh, So you can... I uh, on a w- there's a wiki how of how to make your own Pepsi. It involves so many ingredients that it is completely unnecessary, and you really shouldn't do it unless you have like a 
feel adventurous one night and like, you know what? Let's see if we can make Pepsi yeah. taste the same. Yeah, I have nothing else going on. Oh, yeah. People who make their own Pepsi don't have anything else going on in mm. their day. They're no. making YouTube videos <laughs> about making yeah. their own Pepsi. That's yeah. it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, if you want to make your own, the it's out there. But you you have to buy a lot of stuff to mix into it. That uh, And I feel pretty certain that you, it won't taste like Pepsi. Not it, really. At that point, it sounds like it would be more expensive anyway. Yeah. Just make Kool-Aid. The like same deal do. with the grease and the bacon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, Marge probably, well, Marge seems to think she did not lose money on this uh, Pepsi, though. I think she is at least, like, better with money with her home uh, fixing ideas. But, yes, this scene of Marge is so cute. I especially think of the song at the end here often. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. And the dancing. Lisa, I made you some homemade Pepsi for the dance. It's a little thick, but the price is right. Thanks, Mom, but I told you I'm not going. Oh, so you don't have a date. You can still go and have a wonderful time. You don't understand. I don't belong there. The other girls are already into fashion and makeup and dating. They make me feel like a little baby. Oh, honey, a baby couldn't have organized a big school dance. Unless it was especially skilled. Or one of those super babies from Brazil. Forget it, Mom. I'm not going. But they're counting on you to take tickets. And if you sit there with a brave little smile and a festive bow, why, you could be the belle of the ball. <laughs> Mom, you can't possibly believe that. I have to, honey. Or you can stay here and we'll have our own dance. Every Simpson dance now. Bump, 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 bump. I'll go. <laughs> It reminds me of uh, her bonding with Bart. Oh, I'll yeah. crump with you, sweetie yeah. pie. Yeah. Her, her dancing has improved more since her. It, by the time she crumps in the yeah. show. I was thinking of the last example where she's like, well, I'm no Harvey Globetrotter. Oh, yes. Yeah, that too. Yeah, watch the shack out for the shack attack. attack. I said watch out. Yeah, it's very sad. I love her using her um, embarrassing mom powers to force Lisa out of the house. Yeah. Like, yeah. And especially like her chickeny kind of posing to it, like the way her leg lifts up on one of them. So funny. Was she at the gay steel mill? Is that where she learned that song? <laughs> that is the last time we heard that song. Yeah. And <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, that's a. It's a dance classic of the '90s for sure. Okay. Speaking of dancing, I really love the animation of the Paramecium dancing together, seemingly just despite Lisa too. <laughs> Square dancing. <laughs> I also like that she's just looking down a microscope. Yeah. With her <laughs> a presumably Friday night. It. Uh, well, that reminds me too of her. Reading her Gore Vidal book and saying, like, yeah. let's kiss more boys than I ever will. <laughs> yeah. And Marge had a similar moment of coming in and saying, like, no, boys kiss girls, Lisa. <laughs> also, Super Babies from Brazil. Is that a Boys from Brazil reference? I think it is, yeah. Okay, wow. Marge thought it was real. Which uh, that movie, uh, spoilers, is about cloning Hitler plans. That's uh, that's what Boys from Brazil is about. Which is basically the, if you watch the show Archer, that's the background they gave to the character Krieger as, as well. That's right, yeah. He, he is a clone of Hitler. <laughs> I That makes a lot of, I didn't know about the movie. Okay, I understand now. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's. Uh, I think. I mean, it was a. It was a hit film when the writers were growing up too. Like, mm. just it's barely referenced now. Yeah, I and when Hitler clone jokes should be all the rage these days. <laughs> I, I guess our Hitler jokes have moved in other directions now. <laughs> uh, though I, but Marge has to give it to those super babies. She's like, she respects them. Mm -hmm. but, but it's also, I really like uh, the acting on Lisa and Yardley of her saying like. 
makes me feel like a baby. Like yeah. it's so it's so real. Yeah. I I had those moments too of just admitting how I actually why well, like something really upsets me to somebody and not wanting to admit like no this is why I'm upset. Yeah. This, this is why it actually hurt my feelings. Then uh, Bart is leading Homer to their big score, and uh, I like that he's almost like a Heat style career criminal. Like like one big score, Homer. Oh man, I've been <laughs> looking at that score for so long. <laughs> Uh, at least Bart's really into all this grease nabbing stuff <laughs> that is uh, distracting him from his schoolwork. <laughs> he uh, takes them to the school, which uh, Bart says, hey, I used to be my school. <laughs> and uh, we get the best visual gag of the episode of uh, a industrial vacuum cleaner ripping Homer's face and yeah. causing his eye to bulge out in an extreme way. It's not the first eye bulge. No, no, I, I think it's the most extreme in the show. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's, it, there will be another one. It is the first. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, I mean, it looks straight out of Ren and Stimpy, the kind of extreme eye oh, yeah. bulge yeah. they gave him, uh, which was just like Ren's normal eyes. <laughs> <laughs> His angry eyes. Uh, but yes, then Lisa, Lisa is the dateless kid running the thing that also felt very like real rip from the lives of the writers who were like on school commissions, which also meant that they got to watch kids have fun while they were the... Uh, People manning the booths. <laughs> I like the effect of the door opening, and you just you see like the the kind of the shadow hitting Lisa, and the yeah. music getting real loud, and it kind of slams shut like a prison door almost. It's a yeah. very cool effect. Yeah, she, she can't hear it at all through the door. Yeah, <laughs> and and the uh, the little star stamp feels very like real too. Of like mm. that's what you a kid would use as their uh, uh, I guess door check kind of thing yeah. to stamp that you've come in, and uh, the. The joke of Millhouse's date, I'm glad they don't comment on it or she doesn't say anything. It's just like when you see her, you're like, okay, that that makes sense. It's just like, yeah. Yeah, it could have it could have veered into a bad direction mm-hmm. pretty quickly and they, they avoided that. Yeah, the, the headgear is enough of a joke. Yeah, yeah the headgear yeah. is, is just a visual. <laughs> she's on Millhouse's level, I guess, is what yeah. they're trying to say. No, she yeah. seems pretty good on her own though. She I mean, she's not like embarrassed to be with Millhouse there. Also, you feel like a girl who'd go on a date with Millhouse would be a character you'd see again in their lives of like, oh, a girl actually wanted Millhouse? Mm-hmm. Like uh, but not the case. I don't think we ever see that character again in any like major thing. Maybe she's in like some background shot. Like Alex will appear in occasional background shots after this mm-hmm. too. But that's more uh, just economy of not wanting to design a new kid. I think that kid with the headgear is too distracting to reuse. Like yeah. she's there for you to see once as yeah. a joke. If she was just in Hoover's class, it would just draw your eye completely away. You wouldn't be hearing the funny line Miss Hoover was saying. It's probably a lot to draw to. Just <laughs> all of oh, yeah. Complicated. Yeah. Uh, so they climb through through the air ducts, Bart and Homer do, land in the kitchen for the never uh, taken out grease of the, of the school cafeteria. And so is the joke of the tail wagging thing on Homer, is he farting into it? <laughs> oh, no. Like, I, I didn't, I didn't I think didn't, about farting at all. I didn't take it as farting, no. Okay. No, no, well, what makes it move then? Uh, he's just standing he's still. He's just so excited. Yeah. He, he has a tail and he can wag it now. Sure. Okay. <laughs> all right. It's, you made this dirty Henry. It uh, I my immediate thought as a kid was like, is Homer farting into that tube to make it weird? <laughs> I didn't read it as the cartoonish language of a dog mm. wagging its tail because he's excited. Really, I definitely I was like, oh, tail wagging. But I did <laughs> it did occur to me that it could like 
if we're talking about the logistics of it, it would probably be farting. <laughs> yeah, I'm I sorry mean, to bring it there. <laughs> this episode is all about body horror. I wouldn't want suction that close to an opening in my body. Oh yeah, yeah. honestly, it anywhere near your butt would not be good. Yeah. No, I it would just disembowel him. No, no, wait, gut him. <laughs> uh, but as they're stealing the grease, and Bart is just sad about like his school and Homer not understanding that. In walks the surprisingly nude Willie, and uh, uh-huh. like he's uh, in a, like a tiny towel. It's very, it's so weird that the rest of the episode, he's like beating up Homer and, uh, and falling into Greece in this like perfect Olympian body of his. Yeah. yeah. He's ripped and the towel doesn't fall off or anything. No. He's like prison ripped. <laughs> yeah. No, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and like this episode reminded me so much of uh, Sweet Seymour Skinner's badass song because it involves Willie chasing someone through uh, a duct mm-hmm. and Greece is involved. So yep. Grease me up, yeah. woman, is what he says. And he falls out of the duct too in the, sa- in the same gym. Yeah, too. that's true. Yeah. Although the ceiling is not nearly as high anymore. <laughs> yes, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I guess they lowered the ceiling since then. But, um, uh, and when Willie enters here, the song he's whistling is the classic Scottish song by Jan Bonnie Banks of Loch Lomond. Oh, we know, we know that. Yeah, yeah. I'll take the high road and oh, you yeah. take the low road. That's the, that's the part everybody knows because Bugs, Bugs Bunny, Bunny yeah. would sing it. Yes, yeah. That's how we know it. Uh, uh, but, but here's Willie's version of it. So, is this your school? Well, it used to be. <laughs> I mean, ah! I mean, what are you doing here? <laughs> uh, well, uh, we're a new foreign exchange students from uh, um, Scotland. <laughs> Saints be praised! I'm from Scotland. Where do you hail from? Uh, North Kilt Town. <laughs> no fooling! I'm from North Kilt Town. Do you know Angus MacLeod? Wait a minute. There's no Angus McCloud in North Kiltown. Why, you're not from Scotland at all. Ah, don't be daft. I was born in Ri... What the... My retirement Greece! No! You thieving Greece pundits! I'll kill ya! Homer isn't being clever. He just forgot what the argument was about. (laughs) He believed in his lies so much that he just thought it was real. Uh, And I love Willie catching himself like, eek! I mean, ah! I mean, what do you like? He's yeah. he remembers the word he's supposed to say he as shrieks, a Scotsman. He shrieks in English than in Scottish, <laughs> and his body is so like ripped and perfect that he he showers with Ajax and Brillo pads. <laughs> uh, yeah, I uh, Pete Michaels and Dominic Palcino, they're the animators on it, and Dam- Dominic Palcino is the director. This is the last one he did before yeah. leaving for Family Guy. Uh, and he talks about how he uh, they worked on the Bart Falls Down a Well episode, which established that he was buff. So they always make sure to remember, like, no, he has a perfect buff body. That's that's what great. <laughs> and yes. because they reuse that same joke for Flanders, mm-hmm. Flanders also has a perfect buff body, despite his like they're all pear shaped men until they yes, take their shirts yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. I like that when Apu took his shirt off, he has still the, the yeah. same body. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least they stuck with that with one guy. But uh, as far as I know, there is no North Kilt Town in Scotland, though. Any Scottish listeners, if you could correct me. I, uh, but yes, Homer, I love also just Homer and Willie, they almost never share scenes together. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, Dan doesn't often talk to himself in mm. scenes, unless it's Abe and Homer, I guess. But otherwise, crossover like this of Willie and Homer, because Willie's world is such
such the school that uh, they don't interact. And uh, yeah, his his retirement grief that implies I love that just that little line there lets you know like Willie cares about this because he knows how much Grease is worth and he's been saving it until it's t- uh, yeah. time to yeah. cash out. There's a reason it's not been emptied yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Grease racket is like has permeated the entire <laughs> town. You know, maybe that's why he keeps the retirement grease hidden like that too because he knows the Acne company will <laughs> steal it from him if he tries to make a move on it now. Oh, very good. <laughs> As they run away, I love the animation on Homer and Bart's feverish scooting, like, yeah. like just the little scoots they're making. And they're it's just like, like extremely round butts. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. And then Willie uh, says he doesn't want to beat Homer, but his uh, his fists have been drinking all day, <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, man, it's so he's beating Homer so much and then strangles him so hard that his eye bulges out. <laughs> uh, and then he he even. I love Homer's command. They they did a lot of jokes at this time of Homer saying like, "Please stop beating me. This really hurts." <laughs> uh, it it reminds me of Homer saying like, "Why won't you die?" Or "You're going down, punk." Yeah. Like, they loved a brawling Homer in in the Scully years for sure. As uh, as the strangling's happening, uh, Lisa gets a special message from Skinner. So fast, boyo. Well, if it was up to me, I'd let you go. But the lads have a temper, and they've been drinking all day. Stop pummeling me! <laughs> it's really painful. All right, fine. I'll strangle you for a while. Oh, good, good. Oh. Oh, that's insane. Lisa, I have to run home. I need you to keep an eye on the dance. Oh, I don't want to go in there with all the happy dancing couples. Normally, I wouldn't ask, but uh, it's an emergency. Mother has a June bug cornered in the basement, and she needs me to finish it off. <laughs> Come on, chop, chop. All right, all right, DMY. I know what that means, young lady. <laughs> the uh, And that is piping through the music there. That's all for ones, I Can Love You Like That, mm. which uh, was actually a cover of a song made... Famous earlier in the year by John Michael Montgomery, the country singer, which I didn't know until so this. they were for different oh. markets. He, uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Different uh, channels. I knew All for Once quite well. Oh, I me heard too. it a lot. Like, yeah. I didn't know of the original version of my mom, until my mom started watching a lot of CMT, and uh, that came up. I was like, there's another one of these? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, All for One is that they did, uh, I think, a few covers, but they, they, were, they were of the boys to men era of uh, just like soulful R&B from like earnest men like and who just describe all the ways they're going to make a woman happy That's often with a spoken word segment oh yeah very yes. deep voice man <laughs> and when i say forever forever's what i mean <laughs> uh, a good use of a modern ish song when they did it here it was it was three years old at the time of this mm. episode airing but still it was not too often Simpsons used current day songs or then current yeah. songs. I mean, I was in middle school in 95 and these were at my middle school dances. I did not oh, go to yeah. high school dances, but <laughs> I thought it was odd even as like a 12 year old where it's like, they're playing I'll Make Love to You. And we're at a Catholic school dance. What's happening? <laughs> that does seem too far. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when Lisa goes in, when she thinks she's going to see this hop and party she's missing out on, instead, the kids are on two opposite ends of the dance floor, all being wallflowers because they're scared and i was i would have been that exact kid too i was like contact with another person no thank (laughs) you that's scary this wall and this punch bowl are so much more comfortable (laughs) uh but yes the lisa is uh, shocked as much as alex is here 
Lisa, it's terrible. Okay, this dance has gone titanic. What happened? Well, the boys and girls are, like, afraid of each other. They're acting like a bunch of... Kids? I know. What is up with that? <laughs> it's because they are kids, and so are we. Come on, Alex. We've only got nine, maybe ten years tops when we can giggle in church and, and chew with our mouths open and go days without bathing. We'll never have that freedom again. Hmm. Listen, you can giggle and stink all you want, but mm -hmm. I have a credit card, so <laughs> on you. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great rejection of a change of heart moment there yeah. by Alex. Yeah. yeah. But she is right. Like, I once you learn that you should shower every day, then uh, then why would you want to not do that? Yeah, you really don't go back from that. Yeah. Unless you have yeah. a depressive episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed bathing a lot as a kid, but uh, <laughs> I was like Lisa where I wanted to put off adulthood. I think that's why I was in college for about nine years. Like, uh, no, I don't want adulthood. Please keep it away. <laughs> and yeah, I had moments like this where like, I assume, like, all through our lives, my friends and I would play video games and watch cartoons, but, like, when high school rolled around, like, that's gay. That's uh, gay now. And, like, yeah. but I want to watch cartoons with you. <laughs> oh, they reject it, Bob. Yeah. They, yeah. And they, uh, ugh, yeah, it's sad. I, oh, also, the designs of the party-going kids. Uh, my favorite is Uter's sweater. I like his, like, oh. pink sweater. It's a good look for him. Mm -hmm. It's like a green sweater with, like, an orange stripe on no, it. No, later, Hosen. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, I think his pants are still later, Hosen. Okay. I think, yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, that Alex too. Like she uh, just dumps on Lisa, like a real girl, uh, a real kid. I think at the time would have like, I'm not learning a lesson. Yeah. Like, yeah, just throwing an old raspberry at her. Which is, it's so funny because she's like, I have a credit card, and then immediately goes for the raspberry. Oh, like, yeah. I'm mature, but also I'm definitely still a child. <laughs> nice touch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we get to the disgusting ending. Uh, so. As Homer is being strangled, uh, there's a grease explosion flooding the vents, sending... Uh, it's really clever how it sends Homer, Bart, and Willie in different directions. Like, the, the oh, it yeah, splits you're right. off. Yeah, so yeah. The, fight, the fight ends that way. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. And Willie is just knocked unconscious, which <laughs> I think that is better than him just, like, crying about his grease. Homer's the only one who gets sad about the grease. So uh, Willie is just, like, unconscious in a room full of children, basically naked. Naked, covered in grease, like that's. Uh, I mean, he's going to jail for after this. I think, not through any fault of his own. I mean, I you it hit me at the end of this episode. Now, I'm like, oh, Willie just lost all of his money. Like his retirement grease is gone. It's going to be like hosed off of the floor here. He's not getting a 401k at Springfield Elementary. Yeah. No. My I favorite mean, line in the next scene, though, is like the most obvious Punch and Judy setup: the Nelson line yeah, with uh, Luigi. Yeah. <laughs> I I I just think of how horrifying that would be if he actually took it sincerely, just walking yeah. in with free pizza. I feel so bad for Luigi. He is right, like I'm giving you kids a free pizza. <laughs> Normally, Luigi is very caustic and uh, angry at his customers. <laughs> this yeah. is the time he finally opened up his heart to these kids, and it's been thrown back in his face. I also like the implication that Luigi has heard about the school dance through the grapevine uh, and decided yeah. to deliver pizza. Because like Lisa, free pizza. Lisa didn't think that far ahead to provide food for the dance. <laughs> That's true. I I guess it wasn't in the budget. Like yeah. she, if she's bringing homemade Pepsi, then there's no no dance budget. So <laughs> oh, so nice of Luigi, and here he's getting called names. But I. It it made me feel bad. I wish instead there would have been just a moment. He's like, "Oh no, there's grease." Okay, I'm not offended. Yeah, like, but he had to see all the grease. Uh, but God, the hamburger milkshake. I'm close to retching yeah. thinking of these kids clawing around all this grease. Well, next here. episode we have hamburger earmuffs, so uh, yeah. a lot of things are happening. With that's hamburgers. more sanitary. It's really. true. Yeah, the the. 
the catching the grease on their tongues like snowflakes just oh my god yeah that is uh, the grossest uh, thing but that's also part of being a child you don't think of all the grease you're eating and what that's going to do health-wise you're just like oh i eat disgusting things i'm a child (laughs) all i want is fat and grease Mm. but uh but yes here is the uh the disgusting greasy ending Uh. It's like a hamburger milkshake. <laughs> Here comes a grease ball. Hey, Luigi, <laughs> bring your kids a free pizza. Why you have to make it the fun, huh? That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, my grease. It's mine. Give it here. They're playing in grease? Yarg. <laughs> oh, act your age. <laughs> <laughs> You are so dead. <laughs> Ow! There was bacon in that. <laughs> uh, and that uh, that greased your brain for that '70s show. <laughs> yes, yeah. After all that grease, I'm sticking around to watch that '70s show. Yeah, I also I do like that Lisa gets a little come up and saw Alex with that grease ball thrown at her, but then her. Uh, gag though is that she's like no this is a fun snowball fight you're supposed to throw it back at me it's not all ill intention but she is getting back at Alex I want to see all the parents freak out when they got to pick up their greasy kids drive them home you can see the like patches of like Uh, oh it's so gross well and when Homer's putting the grease in his pockets too to save it it's It's just like seeping through yeah yeah. I I mean also the parents have to be very upset like those are some rental tuxes those kids are <laughs> wearing. I also it almost feels one missing beat here is I feel like there should be like a song. I mean, they could have even brought back I'll Love You Like That over the credits here. They could have brought back a song from Greece. Yeah, they also could have. I'm surprised they resisted using a song from Greece in this whole series. Sorry, this whole episode. Maybe they did feel it was just too obvious. Probably pretty expensive, too, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, Greece had just passed its uh, 20th anniversary at the time. So Mm. Greece was all back in the news. And like Mm. there was, uh, we talked about it before, but that Greece mega mix was, uh, was a big hit. Oh, you're right. Yeah. So uh, it was the hardest time to afford any grease music. Oh, but God, that ending. <laughs> Yuck. Uh, the the snowflakes taste like fish sticks and then hamburger milkshake. I It almost feels like you should choose one of those. I think they, could, they, had to, they couldn't decide on which one to kill. <laughs> they're, I mean, they're both funny and disgusting. So, I mean, good, good pick. But Jesus, oh, so, so gross. Yeah, it's starting to warm up out here. This episode reminds me of the summertime because of when it aired. I yeah. just remember being a hot, sticky August night. That's mm. also when you don't want to hear about Greece. It's <laughs> just like hot and sticky watching Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, I I grew up uh, in Southern California, and so like mm. nowhere has air conditioning. So if it mm. got hot, it got hot. Yeah, mm. uh, that's what we're enjoying now. Yeah. This, uh, boy, I'm hoping in our Airbnb in LA that it says it has AC, but there's different levels of AC that you can get. Yeah, yeah. They, they've come around in recent years to adding AC to places in LA. My parents got AC like like a couple years after I moved out of the house. Oh, uh, they and waited like, for you to Thanks. be gone. Yeah. My parents said, I mean, we lived in Ohio. We needed it more, but they got oh, central yeah. air after I left. Like, God damn. Uh, <laughs> now, I, in Florida, I was lucky as a kid growing up. I, I had central air pretty much everywhere I lived. The one, I think only one night ever did the power went out all night. And so we got to feel what real heat was. The actual heat index was. I was like, I want to die. I can't <laughs> do anything. Like mm-hmm. this, uh, no one should live in Florida. That was, 
because uh, that's what God is telling still us. True to, <laughs> still true to this very day. Uh, so this episode, any final thoughts? I think, I guess season 10 has two season premieres. Yeah. And they're both very, very good episodes. Like, I feel like they are super funny. And uh, I was still, like, super on board with The Simpsons at this point. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I really like this one a lot. I don't have a lot more to say about it, but <laughs> it's a good Lisa story. And I like all the grease. <laughs> and I've, I, now that I'm no longer covered with acne, I'm not offended by my God, you're greasy. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like this one too. I, I still look back on it as a fun one to watch at the start of a school year. It always got me in the mood of like this. Simpsons are going back to school. I'm going back to school. We can both do this. We'll make it. And uh, sure, we did. Yeah, ultimately we did. I made it out of high school. I graduated. Mm -hmm. It got better eventually. (laughs) Yeah, like I said earlier, like I like this episode because it did feel very grounded in in reality to me. Like that is a I've had very similar not with the grease, but very similar experiences (laughs) outside of the grease. Um, which I just learned as a business. And uh, I don't know. I love Lisa Kudrow. Kudrow. It definitely felt like very true to A, who I always thought I was because I saw so much of myself in Lisa and then vice versa. Mm. Um, so I, I love a Lisa story and I'm just really happy that you asked me on for this episode in particular. Oh, no. Well, we'd love to have you back anytime, Kelly. Thanks so much for coming back. And Yeah, please promote. I know you're uh, still at GameSpot. You've got a Twitter account. What's going on with you? What can we find? Uh, where can we find you? Uh, my Twitter account is ready. Inky Dojiko. I-N-K-Y-D-O-J-I-K-K-O. The new thing I'm working on really is uh, GameSpot maybe uh, launching a podcast. Mm. We are we are working on it. Um, not so about the Simpsons, though, right? Not about the Simpsons. <laughs> okay. Good. Not about cartoons at all. all right. Although good. anime will probably come up. We got a um, we got a strong weeb contingent. We yeah, will allow it. We're, <laughs> we're the governing board of uh, cartoon podcasts. <laughs> One day I will invite you on my podcast. Oh, uh, I want to do it. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be fun. I mean, right now we're just kind of doing these like pilot episodes um, for fun, like after work. Um, so it's just kind of like cool. a, a fun project. Um, but yeah, I still, I'm the reviews editor there. I don't at me with any complaints about our reviews. Mm-hmm. Thank you very don't much. Do that. Nope. I don't care for the font on the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Please change it. You got some hot reviews coming up soon. I, I'm looking forward to your Fire Emblem thoughts mm. for sure. I yeah. am very excited for Fire Emblem. I'm going to be doing that one myself also. Ooh, I um, can't wait to make all of my soldiers kiss. Like as my, uh, that's, yeah. I used to love Fire Emblem just for the strategy. And now the dating elements are actually what I like more than the uh, the turn based strategy. And funnily enough, this one is it's a school year. You're a teacher mm. at a school, oh, and so I forgot about that. It is a very Cali experience, and I'm very excited by that. <laughs> um, that July is like pretty bare. Um, we'll be looking at some indie stuff, but uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood also. Speaking oh, of teenage yeah. girls again, mm. so yeah, stay tuned for more teenage girl stuff and strategy dating. Oh boy, <laughs> sounds fun. Uh, thanks, Cali, for being on the show. As for us, we are part of the Talking Simpsons Network. If you go to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons and sign up at the $5 level, you'll get every episode of this podcast one week ahead of time and ad-free. And the same goes for our sister podcast, What a Cartoon. At that $5 level, you also get all of our podcasts behind that paywall. Our most recent one is the miniseries Talking of the Hill. It's an entire first season exploration of King of the Hill, and you'll also have access to our previous miniseries and the next one that we do in the fall. And Henry, what is happening at the $10 level? There's a big podcast this month. Oh yes, for $10 and a Patreon, you'll get access to our monthly What a Cartoon Movie podcast where we do a different animated feature film once a month only for our $10 and up patrons. Last month, it was Tiny Toons, How I Spent My Vacation, perfect for the summer months. And in July, our newest one will be Beavis and 
Butthead Do America, another classic summer road trip one, actually. Yeah, perfect. We're doing two summer road trips in a row, Plucky and uh, Beavis and Butthead, both tour America. So you'll only be able to hear that full podcast, which sometimes those go up to four hours long. You'll only be able to hear that if you're a $10 and up patron at patreon.com slash talking simpsons so i've been one of your hosts bob mackie find me on twitter as bob servo my other podcast is retronauts uh find that by going to retronauts.com or looking for retronauts in your podcast machine it's a classic gaming podcast if you like video games and are old you might (laughs) like it possibly henry what about you you can follow me on Twitter at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. That's where I share all my thoughts on video games and comic books. And whenever new things go live on the Patreon or the free feed, I am sure to let everybody know about it first on my Twitter. Again, H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. Thanks for joining us, folks. We'll see you next week for the Wizard of Evergreen Terrace. And we will see you then. I never make a promise. I don't intend to keep So when I say forever Forever's what I mean Well, I'm no Casanova But I swear this much is true I'll be holding nothing back When it comes to you You dream of love that's Thank you, Ralph. Now take your seat. Hey, Blindy, have a nice trip. Ha ah! <laughs> ha! <laughs>